This week we get hot under the collar as we head back to 1985's Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bloody Bits Horror Show. I am your host, Eddie, the Axe Jefferson, and joining me, as always, is the carry to my Lisa, Tim Yobo. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing very well. What's going on? Oh, man, I'm having a good time. We're, uh, we're in the sweltering heat of Southern California at a cool 66 degrees with a breeze. Tim, how's it? Fucking how's... 88 degrees here in New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we are not alone today, though. Because we're talking Nightmare on Elm Street, and you can't talk Nightmare on Elm Street without our boy Bobby Wait, do Bobby I hear some Trippet. saxophone music? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, I didn't know you were going to bring mood music, buddy. What's up? You know, I wanted to ease us on into this one. Guys, it is a pleasure to be back on the Bloody Bits Horror Show, especially yes, talking about... Uh, thank you so much. Especially talking about one of my favorite subjects. Uh, mm-hmm. For anyone who, who doesn't know from uh, from my home turf on the grind bin, I'm a massive Fred head. Yeah. And so uh, when when Eddie came to me, he's like, "Hey, do you want to be part of uh, Pride Month? You got a movie?" I was like, "I think you know which movie I'm gonna bring you." Yeah, and to get a little bit of that business out of the way, just at the top of this, we're gonna be doing a whole month of LGBTQI plus uh, voiced. Maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally, and maybe not even good representations sometimes. Just depends upon what the uh, guest wants to discuss. Movies and, and for I'll this tell you month. right now, Eddie, I am a terrible representative of the LGBT community. <laughs> well, I was uh, talking about the movies representing the community, sir. <laughs> yes, not, not about the host. It's just, yeah. And one other thing, I just want to do a little uh, bookkeeping here. We will be donating 100% of our Patreon funds this month to the Rainbow Railroad Charity. Uh, They basically try to help um, people who are in tough situations get the the help that they need. So uh, they're a great great charity. Uh, If you have any extra money to slide their way, please do it. They're at rainbowrailroad.org. Okay. So, Bobby. Sir. <laughs> turn the radio down, man. <laughs> you have to turn your radio off when you're on the air. Don't you know that? <laughs> You've listened uh, to the Stern Show enough. So, Bobby. Of course. Nightmare 2, Freddy's Revenge. First of all, I don't know why it's his revenge. I thought he got his revenge to begin with, but... uh nor, frankly, does he deserve to get revenge. Yeah. Like, the whole, yeah, he's getting revenge shit. about the revenge they got on him. See, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blood, guys. That's what we're trying to say here. Yeah, this is the wrong journey we're going down with this character, right? should be his redemption. <laughs> Freddy's redemption would be a really strange movie. He's like, you know, I've, uh, I've cleaned up my act a bit, guys. I'm not the, you know, I've put the sweater up in the closet. Just him doing a bunch of PSAs, man. <laughs> oh, God. Don't do drugs! And uh, 
Speaking of in the closet, one thing I found really interesting about this movie for me, one of the reasons I chose it, was, uh, you know, I of course watched it as a small child, as anybody with irresponsible parents has. Um, and it was just, you know, a, a scary Freddy movie. Uh, and uh, watching it again years later when I was a, a teenager, uh, it really hit different. Uh, yeah. In a lot of ways, especially considering that uh, by that point I had uh, come to realize that I myself was uh, queer. And uh, I started picking up on the subtext that time. And I was like, oh, shit, this is a real different movie than what I saw when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, so this is one of them. Uh, I, I similarly had a bad upbringing with parents that were uh, like, watch whatever you want. Or maybe a good upbringing. I don't know. Dudes, stop the show. My mom took me to see The Entity. Okay? I got you old. <laughs> that, that does beat anything. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty rough. Uh, and so my earliest Freddy memories here. Uh, are, number one, watching part one way, 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 way too young. And in fact, I invited a friend over in like, I think it was second or third grade to watch it, which that's far too young for this movie. And then I was like, I'm going to be, I want to be Freddy. So I had like a glove that I put like (laughs) nails through outside. (laughs) Yeah, because he's You're like, I want to be Freddy because you know what? I'm as close to these kids as I'm ever going to be able to get in my life right now. Well, Eddie, Freddie, you know, they kind of blend together. And so, yeah, I saw this one. Jesus, I I had to have been maybe eight or nine years old. And yeah, just like you said, Bobby, it just slaps as being like, wow, this is a scary movie. Then I watched it again in uh, middle school. And I'm like, hmm, Something, wait a minute. A little, a little off here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Tim, what about you? What's your history with this movie? Okay, this is where Bobby, I'm going to break Bobby. Uh, I saw this movie when it came out on VHS, and that was it, because like every other Freddy movie, except for the first one, I've never seen them more than once. This was a perfect opportunity then to to watch it again. Oh yeah, I I really enjoyed this movie, but all of the movies, because I think, is it the next one? Next one's Dream Warriors, right? Yeah, that's when it became a big summer movie, and they did, like, an X-Men film. All right, so, Bobby, when did he take the turn from being the child murderer to being the one-liner? It's about midway through Dream Warriors. Okay, yeah, see, that's when it kind of lost me, and, like, except for the the first one, I can't even tell you how many times I've watched it. I love that fucking movie. It's To this day, it's still one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. When I saw that movie, when it came out... I had a loft bed that I had to climb up a ladder to get to, and I swear to God, for about like three months, I would fucking speed run up that fucking ladder (laughs) with the vision of Freddy's gloved hand grabbing my fucking leg. But except for that one, I've only seen all of the other movies. I've seen them when they came out. Sure. Not in the movies, but on VHS and DVD. But I've never watched another one for more than like maybe five or ten minutes, like flipping around the TV and like, oh, USA's got Freddy vs. Jason on or this one. So this is the first time I've seen this since it came out. What what year did it come out? This one oh, came this out in 85? 85, yeah. Holy fuck. Less than a year after part one. I mean, oh, it was new that's line a every too, sense. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. New Line rushed this in every way they possibly could. And uh, yeah, because I mean, almost no involvement from anybody in part one, except for a couple of people. But Bobby, Even less than what they ended up with for what they attempted. But we'll get yeah. into that. Yeah, Bobby. Um, 
I usually am the guy doing a lot of the research and talking about the history and the behind-the-scenes stuff, but I kind of oh, get the on, feeling we like... Got, we got Stephen Hawkins here. Who's exactly. going to talk about astrophysics? Let's go. <laughs> I, uh, I take my cap off to you, good sir, and I'll allow you to, uh, well, anything else you wanted to put in before we get to the background, be my guest. Uh, just about my, my experience with the film, sure. of course? Sure, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I have a I have a connection to this movie. Um, uh deeper than a lot of the other ones. I know this one's often lambasted as one of the terrible ones, and I don't agree. Uh, uh, I'm willing to bet I know why everybody's thinking they, they don't like this movie so much. Because I think it it makes people who watch it kind of feel funny about themselves. So exactly. let me watch the one where he's just killing people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to deal with this. I liked it when he was just a pedophile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was That's easy. Fine, you were going to bring gay stuff question, What's this? going on with myself? Yeah. But, you know, it grew on me as I, as I developed an understanding of uh, what I feel they were going for with this movie, at least what the writer was going for. And, uh, and that this movie is kind of about uh, being a teenager and discovering that you're not necessarily straight and all of the, uh, the fears that come with that, you mm. know, especially in the 80s. Yeah, that was a rough time, for sure. And uh, it's funny, like one of the main reasons that, that I first even had the idea like we have to do a Pride Month thing is you look at horror and as a genre it it is so um i'd say transgressive and and so uh in your face artistically you know what i mean like it it really yeah. goes out there to push the boundaries and one of the i think positive things about that is the the amount of representation that there has been in horror for so long it's just insane so yeah, it's it's wonderful to be able to have a lot of guests on to talk about their experiences. Well, with horror it. has always kind of like been like, except for like a time when Scream came out and everybody's going crazy. It's always been kind of like an underground thing. It was always like a thing like, eh, if you know, if you like it, you like it. If you know about it, you know about it. And if you mm -hmm. don't, you don't know anything at all. Yeah, yeah. And, and it makes it kind of a safe space to explore things that maybe mainstream stuff wouldn't explore. Right. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, uh, one of the reasons I'm connected to this movie, well, I guess we'll get into the semi-heavy stuff up front and then get into the fun part, mm -hmm. uh, was uh, when I uh, I realized that I was not straight, maybe 12, 13 years old, somewhere around there, when uh, and I became very scared about that, which is kind of interesting. That's one of the things that makes this movie kind of hit for me, is realizing, like, oh, crap, because I was raised in a, uh, in a very uh, classically, toxically masculine household. Yeah. You know, my, my dad was very big on, like, my son is straight and he's tough and I'll have none of it otherwise. Was there religion involved or just uh, a little the bit, yeah. thing? Okay, no, it was right, both. Well, it, was, it was religion, too. But uh, I remember a couple incidents, like, you know, when I was young, I was once, uh, I once got in trouble because I danced while eating an ice cream cone. What? Okay. Well, yeah, because it, it wasn't like a, a real boy thing to do. I just happened to be dancing around while I was eating some soft serve. My dad got real mad about it. Yeah, it's also a fat guy thing. I dance when I get ice cream. Like, Absolutely. Well, it, that's how you, like, you balance it out, right? You're eating ice cream, but you're like burning calories at the same time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was the one doing it right. Y'all need to get on my level. Exactly. Uh, but it was like, you know, you know, he didn't necessarily say it directly, but it was like, oh, my son's acting like kind of a fruit here. I got to I got to knock that out of him real quick. Uh, uh, yeah. another little little tale for you. Uh, one of the, I'm just trying to illustrate the reasons I was a little mm -hmm. uh I was uncomfortable upon realizing that I was bisexual. It was um I, I once got uh, I once got beat up by the local bully 
when I was a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. We had it's like something out of a TV show. We had this kid named Wardy. Wardy? Uh, that's wow. what everybody called him. He was just See, this you big hoss of, of a kid. You make fun of me for crazy fucking names of people I know. <laughs> I was gonna well, say, I'm, I'm, Tim, do you know Wardy? I think it's an East Coast thing. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. this is this, these are tales from back when I lived in Pennsylvania. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, Wardy was that classic like hoss kid. He had like a, a mole on his forehead, so all the kids mm-hmm. called him Wardy. Gotcha. And uh, you know, one day he chose me. <laughs> you know how that goes. Yep. And uh, I came home with a, you know with a fat lip. And my dad was like, where'd you get that? And uh, yada, yada, yada. I uh, I got my ass kicked for losing a fight with a bully. Jesus. <sighs> Bobby, I can't tell you how many times I've heard stories like that where the fucking guy, the father beats up the son because he lost the fucking fight. Yeah. What that'll do, sense that'll do that? a number on you, man. How does that fucking do anything? I was like, wait a minute, dad. I stood up to the bully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you lost. My, the... my son ain't no pussy. Yeah, the the person that I'm supposed to be going to 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 comfort me and and reassure me is now attacking me. That's great. That that's good parenting. Yeah, aren't we having uh, fun on this episode, guys? Hey, you know what? After the entity, everything is fucking fun. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You know what? We we're going up the rainbow on this one compared to oh, the entity. God, yeah. Comparatively, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ghost gang rape. The, we this can is only go go up from the entity. That's for sure. That's I don't true. have any kind of stories like that. But, uh, you know, we we flash forward to, uh, you know, about 12 years old, and uh, I realized that I had, uh, you know, I was was hanging out with, you know, I had a friend at the time, we'll call him James, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we were hanging out a lot, you know, hanging out at each other's houses, watching stuff, and I was was at a museum with my grandma, and uh, the whole time I'm at the museum, I'm thinking about James. And then I'm thinking about James, and that scared the shit out of me, and I stopped hanging out with James. That sucks. Yeah, it sucks uh, to be in that situation. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was actually only until uh, a handful of years ago I became comfortable even being out amongst my friends and family as being uh, LGBT. Uh, and I understand that I have it really easy because I'm straight presenting. I'm married to a woman. Uh, so we're often uh, disregarded. You know, I don't belong to any team. Yeah. Because I'm, uh, I'm not straight enough for the straights and I'm not gay enough for the gays. Well... The best thing I think you can do is help and be an ally, you know. So that's... exactly, well, you would just think that it'd be—it's all inclusive, right? It doesn't matter, like, quote unquote, how mm. gay you are, right? But it, it certainly—that's something that happens with bisexuals, and it's not often talked about. Is uh, bi erasure is a real thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, bi erasure is so prevalent in our culture that the uh, that the kids these days thought they invented it. And they, they gave it a different name and a different flag, wow. and they're like, no. So wait, um, so they're like me when I was like 12 years old, and I discovered jacking off, and I looked down at my hand and said, I'm going to make a million bucks? Certainly, because there's this whole thing. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about this, but there's this whole, like, there's camps as far as bisexuals and pansexuals go as to whether or not that means the same thing. Mm, okay. Uh, and what it comes down to is the the etymology, basically the, the the binary referred to in bisexual. People argue whether it means men and women or if it means same and different. Okay. And so there's people who identify as pansexual who are like, but I'm not the same as a bisexual. You guys only like men or women, and that's oh, that's not the okay. case in most bisexuals. Uh, I know in the case of my wife and myself, we're both like, well, that's not. There wasn't pansexual wasn't a term when we were young, so we don't we we grew up knowing only you know right. there was straight, there was gay, and then there was that middle ground that's you know well, that everyone tells you isn't real because you haven't decided yet. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too is Bobby is when this is going on, I mean that was about as much as quote unquote the culture could take that there are people who are straight 
There are people who are gay, and there's people who are in between who like to go back and forth. Yeah. Back in the 80s, can you imagine how fucking Nancy Reagan's head would have exploded if she heard the fucking term pansexual? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She'd throw out everything in her kitchen. I mean, That's yeah. right. She'd be like, we got a, we got a band Teflon. It's yeah, too back... fucking nonstick. <laughs> what are you guys doing in there? No, no more. No more kitchens. Yeah, yeah back then uh, it was straight and wrong. And, yeah, ugh. absolutely. Certainly in my family. I know, uh, this is kind of funny. I, I once, uh, the way I ended up coming out to my grandmother, who's ostensibly my mom, uh, yes, we know. She uh, she took me out to lunch for my birthday, and we're sitting there, we're talking about various things, and there was a lull in the conversation, and uh, she suddenly goes, "You tell me if you're gay, right?" Huh? And I dropped my fork for a second, like because it came yeah. out of fucking nowhere. I'm like, what? <laughs> Jesus do Christ! Yeah. Oh, first she's of all, grandma. no. Come on, she knows. Uh, she's, giving, all, she's giving. She's giving you the opening, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, but at this point, I'm like, you know, 29, <laughs> 30 yeah. at that point. <laughs> Yes. I'm like, we've known each other a real long time, Grandma. And I went, what the hell, Grandma? And she went, well, it's just you never bring any girls over. I'm like, well, first and foremost, I haven't lived with you for a decade. Yeah. So I'm not bringing a lot of girls over to my grandma's house. That's a big step whenever you introduce... Wait, look, man or woman, I don't care what. Once you introduce them to your grandparents, that's a big that's step. That's a big one. That is a big one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I went, but as long as we're talking about it, you know, uh, sexuality falls on a spectrum. And while I am predominantly heterosexual, and she went, so how's work been? And I'm like, okay, wow. don't ask if you don't want to hear the answer, lady. But that's how uh, the that's the kinder uh, side of my family as far as acceptance goes. So I've raised in a family that would not. I was gonna say, I bet you, out of all of everybody in your family, your grandma was probably the one who was, if she wasn't like a hundred percent on board, she was probably like the coolest one with it. Oh, totally. Uh, and my dad is not the person he was when I was a kid. Uh, you know, he's older and. Uh, and, His and testosterone gone down? It's kind of gone down a little bit when yeah, the hair receded. Why. And so yeah. I uh, I told my dad, and he responded with making a uh, a butt sex joke and then awkwardly waiting for me to laugh about it. <laughs> I'm like, Perfect. Good, good, good talk, Dad. Good talk. Yeah. Uh, are we done here? Went, wow, tough room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you drop your fork. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But I mean, but that's that's everywhere you go, though. Have you guys seen? Um, you know, one of my favorite X Men characters is now uh, canonically gay. Have you seen? Did you see when that happened? Mm -mm. I don't uh, follow comic stuff really. Oh, okay. So. It's been a so, long, long time. Yeah. So Iceman, one of the okay. five original X Men, uh, Marvel has uh, retconned him to be homosexual, and the way they handled uh, so that. So the cool guy. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And I'm nice. down. I was excited to hear that was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know that representation with like the cool, funny guy from the X Men. Dope. Uh, but of course, uh, his uh, outing was written by a middle-aged straight man. Of course. Oh boy. So what happens is, uh, oh boy, Jean Grey reads his mind and goes, oh, "You're gay." And, uh, oh, she fucking outed him. Holy shit! And, and he goes, "Now hold on, hold on," because he, he wasn't ready to talk about this yet. And he goes, "You know, I think I'm bisexual." And she goes, "Nope, full-blown gay." No and, fucking uh, way. And and that's bad enough. You know, yeah. that already that already hits with a thud. But then from that issue on, complete character change. Now he's popping his hip and he's calling his female teammates bitch. And I'm like, what have you done? That's not that's not yeah. representation at all. No, that's tokenization and, and making people fit is is like an icon of whatever yeah. the stereotype is supposed to be. That's 
And so now Iceman's always like, Arjun is back weird at all the photos and all the drawings. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. You know, that's kind of a... All of a sudden he's shooting ice and giggling at the same time for some unknown reason, right? Exactly. And I I hate that kind of representation because, like, I'm not that. Probably because of the way I was raised. I think you you need that, Bobby. Because what year did that happen? Oh, that happened in the last 10 years. That was, um, I don't know, mid-2000s. I think everything that happens in society is small steps. Yeah. Because, uh, again, uh, if I haven't mentioned it, my wife is Korean. So I watch a lot of Korean TV and movies. And up until about three or four years ago, there were no gay people in Korea. <laughs> and the first gay person who appeared on like a reality show, not like a, a, like a drama or anything like that, as soon as you see this guy, you know he's gay, but for like two years he had to play straight and then he gradually went into a little bit more it's like what it's like maybe the 90s when you start seeing gay people in movies who are like flamboyant and now 10 or 15 years later he's just a regular character on tv shows where it's completely accepted that he's gay nobody says anything about it there's nothing weird about it anymore and it's just like watching that transition of Here's a gay guy on TV who, if you have a brain in your head, can tell that he's gay. But everybody in the TV show that he's talking to and reacting with him are acting like he's 100% straight. Yeah, I mean, incidentally... And then it just slowly transgresses into he is completely out now and it's no big deal on Korean TV. And, like, the storylines aren't all just about him being gay when he plays a character, right? Yes, and he's not, like, over the top. You know, he's not like the guy from fucking Mannequin. Right, Hollywood Montrose, gay icon. Let's. Yeah. I mean, we all we all look at, we all, we all would hope to become Hollywood Montrose one day. But I think that's the way with every minority group, or who maybe not using minority uh, any might not be the right underrepresented word, group. That's yeah. yeah, the underrepresented group. That's always the way that they get introduced to the main culture. Is they start off as the characters that, that they are, and then slowly it evolves to hey, look, we just have a gay person on TV. What's the big deal? Yeah. I could see and, that. And, uh, and I'm glad to see that that's, start, that's kind of starting to slowly change. But uh, that certainly wasn't the case in 85. Oh, no, well, no, it no, was no, not. no, it was not. And yep, there's some no. fascinating denial that happened in the making of, of Nightmare 2. Yeah, so because if from you're... my understanding, the... Uh, and we'll, we'll, let's, let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, go for it, buddy. Yeah, We're here for you. All... Well, thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you. Let me just go ahead and take the steering wheel real fast. Mm-hmm. So obviously... Back, uh, but I'm still listening. Go ahead, go ahead. So obviously Nightmare 1, huge, huge hit, surprise hit, you know, uh, put the whole company on on their backs. Built a new line. Absolutely, the house that Freddy built, as they call it. Mm -hmm. But uh, Bob Shea and Wes Craven, however, had some money disputes, so by the time it's time to make a sequel, they're not talking. Yeah. Uh, So that's rough. You know, and Wes never wanted a sequel. He's, you know, you hear that all the time. Sean Cunningham didn't want to make Friday 2. Uh, mm-hmm. John Carpenter didn't want to make Halloween 2. Yeah. Uh, all these, the creators of all these big horror franchises never intended there to be one because they didn't want to turn their shit into a product. Well, again, that's a product of the time because now every fucking movie that's made is set up to have a sequel, a trilogy, a quality, uh, as far as they can take it. But Absolutely. back then, you're right, Bobby. They did fucking movies like this is a one and done. Yeah, yep. I just had a cool story I wanted to tell. And I'm glad you all liked it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but yeah, I never, I I didn't, I haven't already plotted this out to part six yet. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> and that was a very different approach. 
This isn't right. like The um, Wire where you write all the seasons of it up front. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Bob, of course, Bob Shea, that is uh, notoriously uh, a penny pincher. Uh, is like, okay, we're just going to make a sequel without Wes. Who cares? Fuck it. We're not bringing anybody back from part one. Yeah. And it, and Bob decides that, like, the, the main star of this series is going to be that haunted house. Because we can get access to that house in Hollywood, but yeah. we can put anybody we want in there. Um, uh, funny enough, even Robert England, they had no intention of bringing back. That's crazy. Can you wow. imagine that? That does uh, not work. And much like Back to the Future having Eric Stoltz in it, there is one scene in Nightmare 2 where Freddy is not played by Robert England, and it is jarring when you see it. Mm. Uh, and if that guy had been just a little bit better at playing Freddy, um, we might have had like a Jason situation where there's like seven dudes who've played Freddy over the years. But you can get away with it with Jason because Jason doesn't talk. Jason isn't giving you fucking one-liners at any point in any of the fucking movies. Yeah, it's all body language. Yeah. But, yeah. but bear in mind, though, at this point, Freddy wasn't a comedian. Yeah. We've only had the first movie. That, uh, a lot of people argue uh, a problem with part two is that it... Uh, flagrantly violates the rules of the franchise and i'm like there yes it any. does oh my god i have so many fucking notes about that <laughs> yeah. but but at this point i argue there weren't rules we've right. had one film and that film ended with you know freddie going psych you're still in the dream world yeah and being both the car and the person pulling the <laughs> pulling yeah. her in the fucking door so like yeah nancy never beat him nancy never woke up by the end of part one you could literally go anywhere with this yeah uh yeah. And so where they go, because they can't get Wes Craven, because <laughs> he won't answer the phone, yeah. is uh, literally... David Dakota. David Dakota. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> another David, though. Mm -hmm. uh, they got uh, David Chaskin, who was literally uh, working in the distribution department at New Line. He was just like some kid, you know, working on stuff. And he's walking by in the hallway, and they're like, hey, you want to write a story about Freddy? Wow. Those are the days, right? That's that shit doesn't happen today at fucking uh, Disney, I guarantee you. And so, hero of the revolution, David Chaskin, uh, decides to write the... He, he puts together this story that's, you know, subtextually about uh, coming to terms with your uh, sexuality as a teenager in a society that doesn't accept anything but straight people. And Can uh, I ask a question? Is he... Why did he come up with that idea? That's like, for somebody... That's a pretty big, bold fucking thing to do in, like, 1980s, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, he is a homosexual. And um, and from what everything I've heard in interviews and whatnot, he's not, a very, uh, he's not a very subtle or clever writer, so it's interesting that he was able to pull this out. But, uh, yeah, it, it's really a, a ballsy move to do. But I guess if they were just like, hey, we're going to take whatever script you give us. I mean, now's your chance, right? I mean, and it's like lightning in a jar, too, because you've got the biggest thing in horror that just hit last year. And they, they tap you on the shoulder. They're like, hey, here's randomly by like winning the lotto. Go ahead and write it. You take your shot, right? Yeah. And he does. It's like Mean Joe Green 3 of his jersey, and now you're getting in the game. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, I just wanted oh, to shit, I gotta go play. Yeah, exactly. You're like, all right, get on the line, kiddo. You gotta win the big game for us. You're wearing um, a jersey. Come on. Yeah. Like Van Damme and Sudden it. Death, man. You better block that shot. And uh, similarly, they're like, okay, we got our writer now, so we gotta get a director. Uh, Bob Shea's friends with Jack Shoulder, 
who yep. had previously done Alone in the Dark in 82 and was at the time just cutting trailers for New Line. So he's li- so basically Bob Shea's walking down the hallway going, all right, you're writing it and uh, you're directing <laughs> it. So if you're the dude who showed up for work early that day, you you got to fucking direct this job, right? <laughs> he's, he's literally just he's tapping on bathroom stalls. He's like, anybody want to direct a Freddy movie? I got 50 bucks and some Coke. Get in here. <laughs> basically. And uh, once they had that all set up and they had the first uh, draft of the script, uh, Bob decides, you know, as, as a sign of respect, uh, they're going to send a copy to Wes and let him read it mm-hmm. and see what he thought. And, you know, he read it and he's like, well, I've got some notes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they're like, that's great, Wes. Fuck off. And they went ahead and did it anyway. We were doing it as a sign of respect. We didn't. Yeah. We, didn't we don't actually want you to respond. Yeah. yeah. And so they, they told him to get bent, which is why it was interesting when he came back on board for the third movie. That's so insane to me that he would play ball like that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the fact that they ended up being friends after all this is, yeah. is wild. Of course, money a lot of his ideas money. for part three didn't money come to fruition. Money is money. That's what it is. That's always yeah. true. Absolutely. Um, but uh, And honestly, uh, Wes, in his original script for part three, tried to do some uh, some gay elements to it. It got cut out. Mm. But his so stuff he was picked not, up uh, on it. He definitely picked up on it when he saw part two and read the script, you know, because it's it's about as subtle as a brick through a storefront window if you watch yeah. it as an adult, you know. Um, but then the stuff he wanted to do in part three was both basically uh, sexual threats by Freddy toward male characters. Mm. And I'm like, eh, I'm okay with that. Oh, my God. Yeah, no we can way. cut that. Yeah, I saw I saw an excerpt from the script where uh, Kincaid, the, the super strong kid mm-hmm. in the Dream Warriors, uh, Freddy threatens to to basically rape him and i'm like that's okay i didn't need that in the movie anyway wes maybe you're not the one to handle we got law and order svu they do that shit yeah we're going into the entity territory right now we want to keep it frothy and light (laughs) but uh you'll like this though eddie uh you know david miller is not coming back for uh for the makeup effects the guy who designed everything he's not the original but they got kevin yeager Mm mm-hmm now, he goes on to be very important, and the reason I said this will interest you, Eddie, is he's the guy who designed the Crypt Keeper. Yep. Yep. Kevin oh, Yeager shit. is massive in the horror industry. He also designed Chucky, for you fans yes. out there. Uh, so he's done a <laughs> lot of shit. Uh, all that stuff, uh, the opening, the wraparounds for Tales from the Crypt, where you're going through the house, getting mm-hmm. to the Crypt Keeper's coffin, that was directed by Kevin Yeager. So well done, too, man. I, I love the, the use of miniatures, animatronics, puppets, like anything practical effects. I'm, I mean, I'm on board same even to this day um now this is fun guys uh you know we're trying to get someone to play to play jesse our lead uh two two people that auditioned uh but lost out to mark Patton mm-hmm. was uh were brad pitt and christian slater wow <laughs> holy shit <laughs> well they wow. had johnny depp for one so where do you go yeah. from there and it, it's wild uh that those guys came in to read for it and jack shoulders like nah this mark kid He's the one. Yeah, you know. Frankly, Brad, though, I, I don't know if it would. You're not good looking enough. Nobody should buy it. I'm with you on that one because, like, I wrote in my notes. I mean, this this is again one of those movies where it kind of lives and dies on the performance of the character of Jesse Walsh, right? And 100%. having somebody who doesn't play everything cool and awesome, somebody who does play awkward and comes off as awkward, sells yeah, it. There's no way you get Brad Pitt in this fucking uh, like, role and think that he's a, he's, a, he's a high school loser. Yeah. 
can you imagine Christian Slater in this role? Oh, like, God, you know, yeah, you know, there's uh, there's someone inside me, and he's uh, he's he's trying to get out. It, of it's you. Jack Nicholson, and he's uh, trying the, to get out. But, yeah, uh, exactly. I'm only it let it, it only comes voice. out a little bit. Yeah, it's Nicholson from The Shining, basically. <laughs> <laughs> there's this guy in my basement. I don't know what to do about him. Talk about a guy who fucking built his career doing a fucking character of literally somebody, right doing an impression. Yeah. And and it was like super cool when you were a hot teenager in these teen movies, but now as an adult, you're still doing that. Yeah, for yeah, real. Yeah, I think True Romance was his last good movie. Yeah, he's had a couple good performances in small things. There's a little indie film called Slipstream. I really liked him in. Oh, but, I haven't uh, seen it. Oh, it's great. It's uh, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, what's the word? Uh, vanity Project. Because he mm. wrote, directed, produced, starred, all that stuff. Got his friends oh, in there. There it's you a, go. It's a big uh, wait. You know, who? Christian Slater or Anthony Hopkins? Who's the vanity, vanity Hopkins? Uh, is it? Hopkins. Wow. And, uh, Holy and fuck. Just, and he just, it's a cool movie. Uh, he uh, he called up a bunch of friends to have like small roles in it. So like Christian Slater and Jeffrey Tambor suddenly show up and have a scene together and it's dope. Wow. So Crazy. he's speaking like all the problematic people. Holy Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, I wonder why no one talks about that movie. But uh, yeah, the biter and a yeller. <laughs> and so as far as uh and of course mark Patton, the guy who does get it iconic performance in this movie mm-hmm. the, the thing he is known for to this day he didn't do end up doing a ton of acting uh for reasons that he explains in his uh autobiography and documentary uh called scream queen uh because <laughs> he at the time was out in his personal life as a homosexual yeah. but not professionally you know it's much like uh so many hollywood stars decades ago yeah, like everyone knew time. they were gay the 80s, in real life. No, but I like, don't think there was anybody who was out in the eighties. No, I mean shit. No. Roderick's not out now. Yeah. Wow. But, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, Shots Travolta fired. still in the closet. I don't get it. But wait, uh, Travolta? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wait, first time I'm hearing wait this right minute. now. This is breaking news. Yeah. No, but um, and what's interesting? So uh. My understanding as far as who understood the subtext of this project was um, our, our two male leads, uh, Robert England, our writer, and I think the production designer, because he definitely puts a lot of Easter eggs in the background on, like, Jesse's bedroom. Oh, my yeah. God, yes. I have <laughs> I have so many notes. Like, now that I'm watching this movie with knowing about this movie, the shit that's in the fucking background. Holy Christ. Like, uh, let's let's just talk about that for a second. We haven't gotten to the scene yet, obviously, but like, yeah. he's got uh, Jesse's got a no out of town chicks sign in his bedroom, but out yeah. of town is very small font. Yep. Yeah. So it just says no chicks. I, had uh, to, I actually, a... Bobby, I had to rewind that like two times to see what the middle line was. All I saw was no chicks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there, there's a visible. And it's uh, funny how game his best friend has oh, the yeah. same kind of uh, signs on his door. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, I was listening to an interview with Mark Patton from this year, and he was talking about he is actually in real life close friends with uh, Rob Ruskin, who played Grady. And that uh, makes sense. They they view it as a, a love story between these two characters. It totally is. Dude, too. they have more it, chemistry it's obviously together a, a team than love him story. and his girlfriend, quote unquote. Yeah, but you were saying, Bobby, about the board game because I caught this oh, yeah. one too. <laughs> you caught this one too. Did you see this one, Tim? Oh yes, the name. Yeah, the, of the board, board game, game. The board game that's very visible in the background is called Probe. Yeah, <laughs> and he has it hidden in the closet. 
I don't think I've ever played Probe in the closet, so. Uh... <laughs> it's okay when we, when we do the big uh, Probe. <laughs> when we do the big grind bin bloody bits mustachio podcastio meetup, we're yeah. we're gonna bust out some Probe. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're gonna separate the uh, the yeah. meat from the chaff. And uh, sorry, Candace, no out of town chicks. That's right. <laughs> oh shit! Wow, Bobby, still on fire. Look at that. <laughs> Thank Look you. At you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, and it's interesting, though, uh, that only our director, Jack Shoulder, didn't realize Slash was in denial <laughs> that he was making a gay movie. Much like Slumber Party Massacre, he had to exactly. what? Uh, Wait what I minute. found out, though, that may lead a little credence to him not realizing is uh, he's one of those very mercenary film directors. Like, he, he's not, you know, he's not here to be an artist. He's here to do a job. And uh, the scenes in the film were all shot out of order, and half of it wasn't shot by him. That totally makes uh, sense. Okay, all right. So, so he ha- he has plausible deniability. Yes, absolutely. That he's like, I don't know, man. He didn't he didn't do the shower scene. He didn't I don't do know. the gay that, that bar was my scene. Fucking DP who did that shit. Yeah, oh, you want to talk to that guy? <laughs> What's that mean? No, uh, yeah, he uh, and so when he's like, shit, I didn't know. That makes sense because he just kind of rolled in. He's like, what are we doing? Freddy's on the stairs. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you know, and and didn't even see it as a completed piece until the film was done and edited. Oh God! And then by that, I'd point, love to sit next to him do? at the premiere. Wait, what? What the fuck is this? Wait a minute! I thought that sign was supposed to say "No fat chicks." What did you do here? <laughs> what the hell, man? He's sitting there. He goes, "Wait, what's happening in my pants right yeah. now? I don't understand it." <laughs> but uh, that's majority of the background I got. I know it'll shock you guys to know that it received very mixed reviews at the box office. I'm, yeah, of course. In '85. <laughs> Imagine you like you know you're you're taking your date out to the movie. It's you know the second Freddy movie's out now. Like oh shit, if you haven't seen the first one, this one's gonna blow you away. Uh, and then everyone feels kind of strange watching this. Well, I think what's crazy is this might be the first horror movie, especially at that time. Where correct me if I'm wrong, do you see tits at any point in this movie? Um, female. I, you get about thirty percent uh, of the boobs from Lisa, but that's about it. But I don't yeah. think we get anything actually uh, revealed in this one, which is no. uncommon. No, but that except was also, for a uh, guy's ass. Repeatedly. Yes. Well, sure. Yeah. So that should have been like the first thing. Like, it, just imagine you go, you're a teenager, you're taking, a, going out with your girlfriend, all your friends to see this fucking movie, and it's a horror movie. So you are expecting you're going to see tits at some point, right? Some girl is going to take a shower, and guess who's the boy in the shower? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and guess what's going on with them? It, it had Lots to be really interesting too for uh, for Mark and Rob as our as our two uh, star-crossed lovers uh, to have read the script and then met each other right before the production started and like pulled each other aside for a second. And went so we're we're in agreement; these two guys are in love with each other. Right? Oh my god! I wish I could heard that conversation. <laughs> yeah, and then I just watch him go, dude. That's how I read it too. <laughs> you know, yeah. and go, okay, so let's play it as that. And yeah. then they, they clearly do. You can see the way they look at each other, the way they interact with each other. Oh, They're the, playing it as two teenagers falling in love with each other. Oh, my God. The cafeteria uh, scene. to be a teenager to oh. watch this movie and not get what's going on, right? Absolutely. Or in my case, you know, four. Right. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, so definitely me. Go ahead, Eddie. The only other note that I have in the uh, behind-the-scenes cast is the score by Christopher Young. 
Hell who, yeah. Uh, came in to replace... It's great fucking music in this movie, yeah. It's my favorite of the Nightmare scores by far. It's insanely good. Yeah, so you have Christopher Young comes in, he replaces Charles Bernstein, because, you know, Charles Bernstein, iconic, the first Nightmare, right? You, mm-hmm. you get all of the, the, you know, sound effects and, and just very atmospheric, but one thing I love about Christopher Young's score for this is it's almost understated, right? It never... It never draws attention to the score that's taking place, but it perfectly sets up every one of the scenes. And, I mean, he went on to have an amazing scoring career. Mm-hmm. In that same understated style in a lot of them. Exactly. But that means you're good, well, you're good at your job. If you don't notice it, but it still affects you, that's what it's supposed to do, right? Well, right. It's supposed if, to be drawn out of the movie going, oh, wow, listen to this fucking musical piece. Exactly, yeah. If if, if the score bring, draws attention to itself, it's failing in some ways, right? We'll get to an example of where it, it works uh, perfectly, though, because he did, uh, well, he'd go on to do the Hellraiser mm-hmm. score, perfect. Uh, Bloody Bit's favorite, Hider in the House. Yes. <laughs> and uh, one of them, perfect, 1986's Trick or Treat, yes. which uh, <laughs> maybe not as understated in that one, but... A little less so, but he understood intentionally. the Right, right. Uh, also, I had the pleasure of meeting him. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, I met him at a, uh, at a horror convention. Uh, oddly enough, he was just there. He, did, he wasn't there uh, now, at a booth or Now, was this your anything. Freddy or your uh, Jason uh, horror convention? Which one? neither i was just there as myself um but uh but i was chatting with a uh, a guy who had made a book about scores uh about you know horror film scores mm-hmm. and uh he was just like hey do you want to meet chris young he's here wow and i was like shit yeah so he just pulled out his phone he texted him and chris young showed up uh, and uh and i met the guy and that dude is great like, I have never met anyone as friendly as that guy. So friendly, in fact, dude wrote down his phone number. He's just like, hey, if you're ever up here, let's go get lunch or something. Holy shit. Nice. I'm like, I'm like shit, thanks, dude. Yeah. You just sat there asking him about Hyder in the house. So That's all I wanted to talk about. He's like, this is weird, man, but we'll talk about That's it. That's the end. Don't talk about his other shit. Talk about Hyder in the house. That's the one he's the most proud about. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's proud of Hyder in the house. Uh, so the other question I have for you, Bobby. So Sir. we were talking about Freddy, of course, because this is his movie, kind of. You have the Freddy from Nightmare 1, right? He doesn't talk a lot. He's not bebopping around, delivering the one-liners. He's really more kind of like an entity or a force. Certainly. One, you get maybe right? like a, this is God. You know, yes. that's about all you get from him. He'll giggle a little bit at the end of the film. Right. Then you have him in two, a, a little, a little like step or two beyond that. We get yeah. not so much the one-liners, but certainly I would say probably scarier than one, just because he's more present. I think this is a, a scarier Freddy. Um, and then, and then we get the no, cartoonish. First one, I think for me, that he was the scariest. Okay. Okay. I mean, that, that's totally fair. Yeah. I mean, but I will say that out of all the other movies that they've done, this is the second scariest, and uh, not realistic, but uh, to the character that he's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And then we get in three, and like you said, there's a moment, and I think it's the welcome to prime time, bitch line. Uh, yeah. From that moment on, we get the uh, stand-up comedian, Freddy, up until, I'd say, New Nightmare, which it's debatable if that's even technically Freddy. At that point, right? 
Oh, so the yeah. Uh, question... yeah, they definitely were trying to make a point that that wasn't the Freddy we knew. This ain't your mama's Freddy. Right. So the question I've got for you, Bobby, who was your favorite Freddy? <laughs> Honestly, I kind of like, uh, because of the nature of the character and all the background he has, I, I'm pretty into Nightmare 2 Freddy, frankly. Wow. Um, okay. Because it's like, he talks a little more, but he's not... You know, he's not holding, uh, he's not any young man. You yeah. know, he's, he's not just, there's not just a spotlight on him with a brick wall in every scene. Take my um, knife, please. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love part three, but like, you got him in a, you got him in a bow tie. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're like, where's the fucking bourbon at somebody? And like, I, and that's fun and all, but like, I think that's where we lost any kind of terror that could go with Freddy. He, yeah, he's not supposed to be fun. He's supposed to be scary. No. And he's supposed to be off-putting. And yeah. uh, you're supposed to be you know, scared and disgusted by the guy. And so I like the idea that he's making some jokes in part two, but you're not ha-ha in Adam. No. You know? You're still kind of like, okay, this is fucked up. Yeah. You know, like yeah. when he's pulling back the top of his head and all that. Okay. But uh, I think that's where I fall on it. You know, I, I dig three, and then after that, it's just he's almost unbearable by the time you get to, like, part six. Yeah, it gets a little gets a little crazy but you can kind of tell as you go based on uh the quality of the makeup what kind of freddy you're getting that's true that's true when you get full pepperoni pizza freddy you know it's over well what about you guys where do you guys fall on that i'm with you i fall on to being his best portrayal i think it's uh because in one it's almost as though it could it could basically be like a silent hill scenario right where it's this one person's domain or their version of hell that freddy is punishing them in right and yes. you kind of have that going on here and i think it because there's a bizarre disconnect on this one versus the first one where you don't really know when you're in a dream in two one they kind of telegraph it for you right two it's not so clear like this entire movie could have been a dream that's actually my uh my theory though the lens lens through which i look at this film is that we have no scenes where jesse's awake this entire movie is a dream yep yep okay cool so yeah i think that's why i think him being the uh jesse's pyramid head i guess kind of reads to me (laughs) Uh, what about you, Tim? You're not a big fan of the series, really, I get, but uh, you... you uh, well, no, like, I, I've seen done. them all, but uh, again, for me, I like the first one because, like I said, that was the first one that I saw when it came out, so it was fresh, it was brand new, you never saw anything like that before. Uh, I mean, somebody gets you in your fucking dreams, how do you get away from that? But uh, mm-hmm. I'm of the opinion that some monsters, less is more. True. And the True. more they talk and the more more shit that goes on like that, it takes away from him. And the first one, come on, what the fuck are you going to do? He's not even joking around with you, motherfucker. He's just no. out to get you. He's just ripping yeah. people up. He's cutting himself and telling you, look, I don't even care about that. So, fuck you. You're He's on my toast. pea soup that I just ate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I get that. I get the argument that less is more, and the more that you see the monster, maybe it uh, demystifies it a little bit. And that's really funny, considering how we begin the breakdown of the movie with a cameo. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love this intro. It's a very great intro. We have a bemulleted, uh, non-makeup jobbed Robert England as the bus driver. We have uh, we have V's Robert England. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we already I'm glad get... that alien got a job. Yeah. We already get an image. He of... took away a job from a fucking American. God damn it. <laughs> Driving the bus. <laughs> yeah. No, the Freddy movies are just a conservative nightmare. Yeah. I mean, this one probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one. Like, See it. Two this is what I'm fucking talking about. Yeah. Now wait. See, is it a nightmare doing... or is it a fantasy? Mm. <laughs> well, it depends on which one of us is talking. Uh, that's true. That's true. Or if you're in the Hellraiser universe, maybe the lines aren't so clear. So we get the image of Jesse here. He's alone. He's awkward. He's sitting in the back of the bus. And everybody's kind of got their own little clicks. They're all talking to each other. You know, we got the girls giggling at him as he tries to open up the window next to him and get a little cool air coming in. Absolutely. And you're already getting this uh, the subtext in this moment. Because mm-hmm. you have the uh, the pretty girls are giggling with each other. They're looking back at him. They're kind of snickering at him. You know, yep. he feels like an outcast. He looks like he doesn't fit into the scene, too. Like... Everything yeah, he looks like him. fucking Damien Eccles in this fucking scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only the crazy one in here seems to be the bus driver. Absolutely. Because, and uh, did you see the little Easter egg over by the bus driver? Yeah, He's the body a, glove sticker. The body glove sticker. <laughs> Love that stuff, man. Because, yeah, he just uh, blows past the girl's last stop that they were supposed to be going to and careens off the road into the desert. And that's <laughs> so uh, great. Yeah, that's so good. And that's when you see, yep, the body glove sticker on the dash. The hand reaches down to grab the uh, gear shift, but uh-oh, it's Freddy's glove. Oh, wonderful. Yep, and everything just turns a little, a few shades darker as the bus grinds to a stop in the desert. And at first I'm like, hey, we got some tremors coming around the bus because we see uh, a sinkhole develop around them. And... Then we just see the bus kind of uh, balancing on a couple of pillars. Like Jenga. Yeah. yeah. But it's like we're literally in hell at this point. Well, yeah, because it's, it's like dark. Red and skies and just it's... Lightning. So much lightning awesome. in this movie. Like, yeah. If not a tremor, we're going to get one of those Beetlejuice sandworms. Oh, God, yeah. So, uh, no, we don't get any Beetlejuice sandworms, though, because Freddy stands up. And he starts making his way slowly to the back of the bus. And oh, man. The... I'm your bus driver now. Yeah. yeah. But, like, him, you know, screeching on the roof of the bus and slowly ripping the seats as he goes one mm-hmm. one row at a time. Like, this is this is peak Freddy for me. This is Well, yeah, because the... they got all the the best parts of part one already in it, right? Because the part where when he's scraping his fucking nails down the wall mm-hmm. in part one, that's a fucking classic scene. They got this in the first five minutes. Yep, absolutely. They, they, it's smart to do that. You oh, know, yeah. like, you, you're keeping them in the seats now. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're just building the tension, you know, second by second as he walks back there. The bus is teetering. He reaches his hand up, goes to slice, and smash cut to mom cutting up a tomato. <laughs> I, was, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and who's mom? And, oh, so glad you asked. Who is mom? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that it's is the ghost of Mrs. yeah. Mrs. Walsh is played by Hope Lang, who you might remember as Joanne Kersey from Death Wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, uh, Mrs. Fuck. Williams wow, from Blue Velvet. Right. So, yeah, we and, see uh, the tomato get cut up, and, and, uh, and from upstairs we hear Jesse wake up. 
Yeah, because he screams <laughs> and nobody reacts. Oh, I guess he's I'm up. I'm sorry. Another Hold nightmare. on. That's not a normal scream, right? No. I thought no. it was a scream from the girls in the bus carrying over with the way that they hear. Because, dude, that's some real fucking serious night terrors. Well, yeah, if your teenager is having fucking nightmares that he's waking up sweating like that, which I guess is like, wait, hold on a second. Was he supposed to be having wet dreams? No. Uh, Tim, I don't think that's how a wet dream works. Yeah, Tim. I don't but... think that's what they're talking about. I, well, Tim, no, it's when you I get mean, pulled into a water show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now that's a wet dream. Uh, no, and I love that everything is hot in this movie. Everything. <laughs> we, Hell then yeah, we... Eddie. Because <laughs> then we cut to a sizzling egg. Yeah, we do. I think Eddie just found out something about himself. Yeah, hey. Again, yeah. we're all going to open up this, this movie, one. Eddie. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. We cut to this egg just sizzling in the pan, and everything in this house just looks like washed out and hot and like, oh my God. And everybody's complaining because, yeah, the AC's busted. And we, we get the real, like, Shithead but dad. Here's the thing. Yeah, here's the first the... subsex thing that I picked up on is, uh, no matter how hot it is and how how ever, everybody in the family's telling the dad, mm -hmm. he's just like, no, it's not hot. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> Everything is fine. The dad's so good in this movie. That's yeah. Clue Gulliger. Oh uh, yeah, who, big uh, time guy. A very long career uh -huh. um, since '55. Uh -huh. He's Absolutely. one of those guys that every time I see his name in an open credit, I was like, oh, I know that name, and then I would see his face, I was like. Oh, wait, that's him. <laughs> uh, I think he plays the bartender in those, uh, was it Feast movies? Yep, bartender in Feast 1, 2, and 3. He was in Teen Vamp, The Willies, and Return of the Living Dead. That's the big one. Yes, that's right. So, um, every time, seemingly every time I would go to a, an old movie screening at the Egyptian Theater on Hollywood Boulevard, Clue would be sitting there front row. Just by himself watching movies. I never wanted to bother him because he's an old dude trying to watch a movie. But like, yeah. I always thought that was so dope to see Clue Gulliger in the front sit row. There. What the fuck uh, is wrong with his eyes? Eh, well, he since, probably can't see any further back. Since '55, Tim. Come on. <laughs> since '55. Well, uh, though, but like, yeah, I'd go to like an old film noir festival, and so he's there. Uh, like, shit, I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid. So I was going to ask if he was there for the opening night screening of uh, Piranha 3 Double D, and that might have been why he was sitting in the front row. <laughs> uh, if you've ever read an interview with him really or seen an interview with him, out. yes. Yeah? <laughs> oh, because when, uh, when they interview him about Nightmare 2 on the uh, Never Sleep Again documentary mm, from 2010. Excellent documentary. His sole contribution seems to be gay jokes. So like, uh, he's, I think he's a guy who'd go see Piranha Double D. Uh, 3 Double D. Pardon me. <laughs> you got to remember the 3D. You just might want some double D, but not in the way that we normally interpret that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as you were saying, it was just another one of those Ohio mornings. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> the house on is here? just just humid and hot. Yeah, and I love his little sister is eating her Fu Manchu cereal. <laughs> box of Fu Manchus. Yeah, yeah. And, she, and it has a prize in the box. It sure does, because she digs in and she gets these weird, long, rubber fingers that are like Mock Freddy fingers. I would have loved well, these those, as a those kid. Those are Fu Manchu. Uh, back in the day, the series when Fu Manchu, he had those long fingernails. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think even Ming from Flash Gordon had those fingernails, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and I uh, love she the, the the sister puts them on and she's like waving them around. Jesse looks over, he's like, "Ugh, <laughs> shit." 
little uh, little PTSD from Dreamland. And honestly, it's a it's a we're we're off to a real good start on this movie. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm perfect. I'm in it with this. You know, you've established the characters very well already. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling for this family. Yep. Dad sucks. Mom's trying to hold it together, and sisters fingering Fu Manchu cereal. What's not to love? Exactly. God. Well, what's not to love is when Lisa shows up. <laughs> uh, this actress, uh, Kim, I forget her last name, uh, was hired because of her resemblance to Meryl Streep. Yeah, Kim Myers. And, Kim uh, she Myers. Was... Wow, holy fucking shit, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Holy fucking shit. Yeah, as she... soon as you said that, that's right. She looked like fucking Meryl Streep when she was young. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly why they brought her in. You're like, you're hired. Look at you. You look like Meryl. And then she now, went on to do a like her, bunch of TV movies, a few shows, and she was in Hellraiser Bloodlines. So, not a lot of horror in there. I guess, I don't know, yeah, there's a lot of... Hair. I'm, I like her. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole reason I'm on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that uh, he goes out to his car, and I'm like, wow, keyless start back in the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> it's good living, man. That's living, buddy. Yeah, because he just pops it, you know, fires it up. And Lisa's like, aren't you afraid somebody's going to steal your car because you don't need a key? He's like, what? The deadly dinosaur? Then they drive off to school. I'm like, man, that's a great name. And, uh, man, what, what a great callback coming new Again, there we go. Double Freddy has to fight a deadly dinosaur. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, just, yeah, mom overdosing on pills, too, which uh, there's a little bit of pill talk in here coming up. <laughs> Surely. But we get to school, and you know, we, we, yeah. we zoom in on PE class, and, and I gotta say, I don't know how safe this setup is. We got archery class next to an active <laughs> baseball <laughs> game. Yes, I that's that right. I have the same thing written down. They're fucking shooting arrows, and there's people running back behind the fucking targets. <laughs> You're gonna go try to catch a pop fly and end up looking like Steve Martin. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those suction cup things that they're shooting instead of actual arrows, along like with Velcro. Oh, oh yes. Can you imagine you go to archery class? They're giving you the suction cup arrows. You're like, fuck. That's this how they school, start. Man. They I'm gotta start you out with the suction cup, and then you work you up to work your way up to Velcro, and then you get the real thing, right? They Tim, can't just start you off giving you a fucking arrow. Tim, this was seniors. back in the day of lawn darts, so they I didn't give a shit about nothing. We were doing knife throwing in PE class back in the day. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, they're they're playing a uh, little softball, and, and this is uh, the, the first time I think we get a little bit of uh, uh, of their tension with each other, because because uh, Grady's up to bat and he he wiggles his hiney. Yeah, yes, he does. He certainly does. A lot of hiney wiggling in this movie. And, and Jesse in the outfield is so transfixed by that booty clapping that he zones right out and gets hit in the head with a fly ball. <laughs> yeah, gets hit in the yeah. face with ball. Yeah, and I love that, that. Yeah, he falls over. The coach is like, "Hey, pay attention, you dumbass! <laughs> what are He's you like, doing, Eddie?" I'm sorry. Did you see that badunk? <laughs> the coach. I mean, you should have been paying attention to this too. We'll find out, but uh, we'll get to that. And this is but, a contest. This movie, by the way, is to find out who the thirstiest person in the movie is, and it oh, just absolutely. keeps escalating. Because I love the interaction that we have in this scene between Carrie and Lisa. Carrie Absolutely. just looks over to Lisa and is like, hey, that's the boy that's uh, giving you a ride to school, right? And she's like, yeah. So like, yeah. Uh, you getting any? 
Wait, Can what? we agree this is the same character who grew up to be uh, Lisa, uh, Linda Hamilton's roommate in Terminator One, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, and Lisa's like, no, he just gives me a ride to school. It's okay. So then I, I love this. Now, uh, now Grady goes back up to bat, right? Or no, the next person goes up to bat because Grady yeah, makes Grady's it to first on base. base. Grady gets to first base off of With uh, Jesse. off of Jesse, yeah, yes. <laughs> and he's rounding second. Oh God, <laughs> he's rounding second as uh, well. Uh, Jesse tags him out. Yeah, because Grady ends up in a pickle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, he uh, goes to slide and try to knock him off the plate. <laughs> <laughs> well, he almost gives poor Jesse the pickle because the first thing he does in their fight is pulls his pants off. Like, oh boy, fellas, guys, <laughs> like you, you boys, uh, you need to have a talk with each other. Yeah, I just wrote down. I guess this is what playing grab ass means. Like my coach in high school would always tell us to quit playing grab ass. I guess this is what grab ass is. This is what established the rules of grab ass. <laughs> Obviously, this coach is not telling them to stop playing grab ass. Oh no, Coach Schneider. Yeah. You know, he, he's going to treat this like a hockey fight. You're getting a couple minutes before I break it up. Yeah, then you go to the penalty box. Where they go in bond over push-ups. Yeah, and that's where we get Which a little bit of... none of them uh, can do, right? No. I think they're planking. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, they invented planking? Tom they invented grab-ass, and then they invented planking. There's so much from this movie. It's really so under the think of those erections that could like seesaw their way through the push-ups, right? Oh <laughs> How are you doing no-handed push-ups right now? Coach, I'm high-centered again. <laughs> like, calm down. Um... <laughs> like, hey, get your ass down when you're doing push-ups. I'm like, I'm going to have to move uh, over to the golf green to do that. I can't. But, uh, golf green. But I we decided to pass the... the... You got to go play wow. the back nine, coach. <laughs> okay. I just got that visual. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we pass the time by uh, throwing a little exposition in there, and we find out that Coach Schneider gets his rocks off uh, hanging around queer S&M joints downtown. Yeah. You'll we do have a find question that about out. that club later on, but we'll get to it when we get to it. Of course. Um, because, yeah, and I, I love that their bonding is like, so is uh, Lisa mounting you nightly? And I'm like, I thought you guys hated each other. What was going on with this? Because he's, he's like the bully, but he's clearly interested in Jesse. Yeah. yeah. And so they're, they're already picking up on each other's energy here, even though that oh, they've yeah. established to be adversaries. Yep, yep. And, oh, it's uh, all those love-hate relationships, right? Of course. Who doesn't have that? But, uh, you know, we keep the exposition train running, and he's like, oh, you moved into that Elm Street house with the bars on the windows, right? And Jesse's like, yeah. And, and Grady's like, well, here's what happened in part one. Yeah. Let me just summarize it for you. A woman, uh, a girl that was in there watched her boyfriend get butchered across the street by a maniac, and her mom went crazy and locked her in the house. It was fine. Okay, so, so all right. In this movie, we're establishing that everybody knows what happened. Whether yeah. or not they know the well, real story, yeah. they know the the urban legend of the girl who went crazy and somebody killed her boyfriend. And it's like a it's a it's a cold case. There was never an answer as to what happened. Mm-hmm. So, but later on, we're going to get into a thing where uh, there's like the ultimate white privilege, right? Oh, uh, for bring him home. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. The kid who oh, lives yeah. in that fucking house doing crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. So we go from a cold case to a hot night when uh, Jesse's writhing around in bed and he cannot sleep. So what's he do? Heads down to the kitchen to break a glass of orange juice on the floor. 
That's what I do when I can't sleep. Yeah. How the fuck did that orange juice pitcher get put in the refrigerator that it breaks as soon as he opens the door? Uh, well, Tim, um, you know what? If it was like the orange juice pitcher that my parents left for me when I was a kid, <laughs> I can understand Ooh, accidentally oh, breaking that's right. it. right. They should have had oh. a fucking, like, a, like a don't drink this Eddie sign on it, but it's, yeah. a, it's that goddamn little sister with her Fu Manchu fingers. She couldn't... <laughs> yeah. She couldn't place it correctly. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, she used the Fu Manchu fingers to be able to place it just like that and close the door. Yeah. So that the next person opened it up, it would tip out. It's a prank. There's like a little Fu Manchu finger. There's a Fu yeah. finger. Just That's always a good trick. Perfectly. If you're ever going to have anybody over your house and you want to test them, uh, set something up in your bathroom mirror, in your medicine cabinet, that if it opens up, you're like you do, do your order. It all spills out. out. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, like so I said, you just I, hear the you just hear the clatter, and then you gotta come yeah, in and be oh, like, "What shit. were you doing?" Like I said, I did something similar with the guest bathroom uh, when my sister-in-law was coming over. Oh to visit. Well, no, that's not similar. That's just fucking wicked, wicked. <laughs> Where I set up little Timmy the ventriloquist dummy so that you could see its reflection in the bathroom mirror. <laughs> oh God, oh. that's awesome. Yeah. Now I do that, that to guy. everybody I, and everything in my house. I'd be like, hey, you want for, help yourself to some drinks, but I've set up the fridge like it's a cartoon school locker. Mm. <laughs> they open the door, just everything hits the floor. It's just Bobby Jigsaw in his house, man. It's terrible. I come so... out on a tricycle. <laughs> so he goes and grabs one paper towel. I'm like, you're going to need a lot more than one paper towel for this mess, sir. Just oh, for no, the fucking the... glass. No, yeah. it's, you know, Bounty has it quilted now. And that's the whole point, is you can True. just use one. Really? Because I would have thought that he's using a brawny. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> this is a guy who definitely buys based on the packaging. <laughs> so, well no the mom is buying buying on the packaging he's just oh, he's just taking yeah. advantage of it yeah fringe <laughs> benefits sir so he looks outside and sees old freddie running around and uh yeah. he's like i think i'll go check out what that fella's up to he looks like he's got something going on yeah some some guy in a sweater is <laughs> hanging out in my bushes <laughs> yeah, can't be anything wrong with that in this heat yeah there's a dude outside in a sweater and a uh, fedora so let's go see what he's got going on. <laughs> so, so he walks... What's this guy selling? Yeah. Hey, motion <laughs> for me to walk down here. Oh, yes. So he walks around the house, looks down into the, the basement window, and we see Freddy tending the furnace that's under his house. And I'm like, okay. Throwing I think an I... arm in it, right? Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I think I know why it's so warm in your house, sir. <laughs> <laughs> got him furnaces running the whole time. Uh, but this is, you know, Freddie getting his glove back. Mm-hmm. Again, we're off to a good start here. Yep. Yep. Uh, so he's like, ah, you know what? I think I'm going to uh, just walk around and head to the basement and see what's going on down there. Again, you know, just the best instincts for this guy. So he runs around the front of the house, opens the door, starts heading down to the basement, sees the shadow of Freddie lurking, and slams the door shut like uh dad i think we need some help down here there's something wrong with i'm like you're calling you why are you calling for your dad what has this man ever accomplished like <laughs> honestly he's gonna he's gonna blame you for this one you know yeah. this right exactly. why'd you let this old man in the house <laughs> who's your friend get him the hell out of here is he on drugs he's bringing you the yeah but this is like the all-time classic scene from this movie. One of the yeah. the most memorable parts. Yeah. Because yeah, he, he yells, he yells, Dad! And he turns. And, and what's no what, what happens? There's a Freddy. Absolutely. And we get, Daddy can't help you now. 
And this is a uh, this is interesting. I I read and listened to a, a Mark Patton talking about this scene, and uh, you know, like I said, England understood the subtext when he read the script. Of course, and, yeah. And so he actually talked with Mark. He's like, "Hey, I want to run this by you real quick to make sure you're comfortable with this. How do you feel about me putting a blade in your mouth? Mm. Uh, not cutting you, just putting a blade in your mouth because Freddie's often Robert England's often gone on record saying that one of the things that is important to the character of Freddie because he kind of you know, he kind of has the Freddy Bible, obviously. Yep. Is that there's always a, in his words, it's there's always a seduction. There's always a dare. Like, Freddy is seducing everybody he talks to. And so he was just going to go full on with this, and he wanted to, uh, he wanted to basically force uh, Jesse to fillet a blade while he's talking to him. But, uh, and, yeah. and Mark, Mark was down. He was like, yeah, man, I'll go wherever you want to go. That sounds awesome. Let's try it. And, uh, the uh like the dp who was uh who was the, the second unit director who was filming this was like that might be a step too far for an 85 audience yeah let's dial it back instead of blowing his blade how about he gives you some brain so <laughs> exactly <laughs> he uh i love it too because wow. it's wow it's still wow. creepy <laughs> damn it oh yeah because <laughs> he's like you know we've got work to do he's like I. I need you jesse yeah we got the special work to do you and me yeah, he's got the body, he's got the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That famous oh, scene. And upon saying that, he digs into the top of his head and pulls back the top of his skull. Yeah, he reanimator scalps himself and reveals his brain. And that's where we get another uh, classic Scream Queen uh, scream from Jesse. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good <laughs> scream, man. And his parents rush in. And I, I love that they're like, hey, do we need to take you to the doctor? It's like, no, nah, I'm cool. I just had a nightmare. Don't worry about it. Just screaming in the hallway. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with why my sheets are wet. Yeah. Look, this is natural. That's what the uh, video in science class taught me about. <laughs> and speaking of science class, we get lessons on digestion. <laughs> Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Where the students are taking it very seriously with their fart noises. And Come then... On, but, <laughs> high school... <laughs> So kids are kids are farting into their arms and whatnot, and then the teacher throws a heart on the desk. Yeah, that's... is it a heart? Because I have written down, it looks like a fucking liver, more yeah, than it, a heart, right? It looks like a liver, and I've so I like cooking weird things, and one of the <laughs> okay. my favorite things that All I've right. cooked in uh, recent Eddie history Gain. is some heart. <laughs> is yeah, cow heart. I made a uh, um, no. You, it's good. You cut it. Come it's on. a muscle, Tim. You cut it yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, you, you can eat all that stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you, though, Tim. I'm, it's not really my bag, but let's hear about oh, it, Eddie. Oh, it's so good. I cut it up. I braised it with a little bit of red wine and some herbs and then made like a uh, pot pie kind of configuration out of it. Super good stuff. So yeah, this, this looks uh, yeah, like Yeah, I think liver. that's the way to go, though, when you're, when you're dealing with those kinds of meats, though, is you need to mm-hmm. incorporate it into a larger piece. Oh, yeah, yeah. You need to hide what it is that you're eating, which means yeah. you shouldn't be eating it. No, if you, have to, if you have to eat an, if you have to eat an ingredient like you're trying to sneak your dog a pill, maybe you don't need to eat that ingredient. Exactly, wow. Bob. You know, you know how uh, Mike hates fucking turkey, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, well, he always says how the only people who says turkey tastes good is when they cook it some way that makes it not taste like turkey. Right. I kind of I mean, get that. I mean, turkey's a very boring meat. Yeah. But... Uh, it's like chicken with uh, worse uh, texture. Oh, so I'll give you that. So, okay, I get the fart noises with the digestion. When he's starting to talk about taking a piss and they start making vomit sounds, 
They should have made a piss sound. You know, just dump some water on the floor or something. I don't know. Just, all the kids are hissing like the bad guys showed up in an old play. I <laughs> think maybe somebody gave that uh, chick who does that uh, a sneak preview of water sports. Could be. And that's why she's throwing up. Could be. Yeah, maybe she's having a sense memory uh, that she wasn't ready for in science class. But, uh, but Jesse's doing what I was always doing in these classes, and he's dozing off. Yeah, and by the way, first of all, I've got to talk about his fit in this scene real quick. Hawaiian oh, shirt with that light blue watch that he rocks through this fucking movie. <laughs> Hell yes. You know, it's funny. He's supposed to be kind of a dweeb in 85, but you flash yeah. forward to now with that same fit, and dude, you're the coolest guy at this school. Oh, yeah. Not, dude, I mean, yeah, he looks great in this great outfit. So I love that they, they notice him nodding off and they're like hey check this out and you get the, the the sense that they're like all right we're gonna play a prank on him and they do but we don't know if it's a prank or a dream how does yeah how the fuck does this happen because suddenly suddenly a boa constrictor kind of wraps around his shoulder not the first boa that the last boa that we're going to see in this movie by the way Tim. <laughs> if, Tim, please. It is called a boa. Yeah. Yes. It. Uh, and suddenly, get your yeah, mind uh, out of the gutter. I will explain it, it later on. Okay. Jesse's dreaming about being in that Britney Spears video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before it even happened. Holy shit. Yeah. Or he he this movie was a, was a Britney Spears. Or he could have been dreaming about an Alice Cooper album cover. I mean, considering how often Freddie drops Alice Cooper lyrics, no matter what year it is, I mean, I think that's very likely. It's the yeah. only musician Freddie knows about. True, true. Until he releases his own album, where we all learn to do the Freddie. Oh, love that album. <laughs> so, yeah, now this boa constrictor just starts uh, doing what a boa constrictor does, and it wraps around his neck and starts constricting, which... Uh, Wakes him up and he screams, which is what you should always do if you wake up with a snake killing you. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'd do. Yeah, and I love that the teacher's like, oh, God, look, dude, if you want to play animals, why don't you join the circus? Got him. Zoo would have been better, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if he was a better comedian, he wouldn't have to be teaching biology at this high school. That's true. He, he could work his way up to uh, improv. I mean, do you think anybody wants to teach at Springwood High? Oh, no, they God. want to be podcasters. Yeah, it's well, 100 sure. degrees out at night, apparently. And, like, half your half the graduating class is going to end up dead by the summer. Mm-hmm. And somebody has to clean the showers, and that does and, not sound yeah. pleasant. And half the time, as you go through this series, they're dying at school. So it's oh, like, yeah. like, I don't need this. I'm going to... Body bag Haddonfield. Through... Yeah, it, exactly. Not so many deaths happening in the school in Haddonfield. Yeah. Once in a yeah, while, someone like looks out the like window. Late 90s but... or early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yikes. Anyhow, we cut to Lisa, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's having a nice little uh, happy little swim as her mom's like, hey, you got to call. Uh... By the way, her yeah, mom. Have her down. Yo, she's fucking loaded. They yeah, talk about that real. in this movie, too, that she's like, the, you know, there's two halves of Springwood. Um, mm. One is very wealthy, and one and has the all the non-white kids. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
And that's uh, Melinda O'Fee of TV's The Invisible Man TV series fame, by the way, playing Lisa's mom. Hmm. So Jesse gets on the. (laughs) She wasn't the Invisible Man, Tam. So uh, no, Jesse gets on the phone, talks to her. Hey, let's go hang out. Cool. Hangs up the phone, goes to leave. Dad's like, "Nope, go upstairs and unpack." Motherfucker, unpack that bedroom. Mm -hmm. Did you notice what it says on one of the boxes that he has to unpack? Secrets? (laughs) Secrets? <laughs> no. <laughs> Party ice. What? Party, Party ice? ice? One of the boxes, it's right at his feet, so it's like one of the main fucking boxes. It might even be the first box that he picks up and dumps into the oh. drawers after he starts dancing around. You know, but that's the a... box says Party Ice. Well, it, it is the mid 80s. Tim. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think there's a lot of snow. There's a lot of ice. There's... You know what I think it is? I think his dad's an alcoholic and he got a bunch of moving boxes from the liquor store. And it's, you know, the party <laughs> ice that you get. Oh, wait, we didn't see the other part where it says Smirnoff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you think you, him and... This is a real Smirnoff ice household. Mm-hmm. You think him and Brady are icing each other? Whoa. Oh, I think so. It's Things are getting icy hot. Well, I, be, I tell you this, uh, 10% is only above the water, but 90% is what's going on is underneath the water, right? That's true. It's only the tip that. of the ice. God, Smirnoff yeah. ice, though. Let me tell you, you know what's fun about that is uh, you'll get sick before you'll get drunk. Yeah, you'll become diabetic. Actually, that might be a good thing. Come on. It forced, you have to sip it slowly. Like You can't chug Smirnoff ice, man. Uh, that's terrible but, shit. Uh, but yeah, that's and, classic dad shit, though. And, yeah. and though, to be fair, in dad's defense... They've been here a little bit now. You still have it unpacked? Yeah. So, and by the way, not just have it unpacked. He just like dumped boxes out across the place. Like, what the fuck is his method he's going for here? This it's is the messiest room. Kind of a room. I know, but this is a hell of a seed, though. This oh one's yeah, great. Because he he's like, okay, I'm gonna do this shit. I'm gonna do it quickly. So he goes and this pops has in to a be cassette. the scene where everybody in the movie theater went like, whoa, like what the fuck are we whoa. watching? Wait a second, um, what's going uh, on? <laughs> According to Mark Patton, uh, he knew he'd made it in this movie because he went into like gay clubs and uh, they were projecting footage from this scene on the walls. <laughs> in the wow. wow! So he went in there and he's watching himself because this is where things get real gay. He pops in "Touch Me" by the band Wish. Okay, which is uh, please. And I I love that he then points down. Is like, yeah, take that, old man. <laughs> <laughs> This will show him. This is like some footloose shit. But uh, guess what? I'm gonna do what you told me. But if you saw the way that I'm doing it, you're not gonna like it. Yeah. Like, uh, case in point for anyone who hasn't seen the film for some reason, listening to this podcast, I uh, he oh stop he closes... the podcast and watch this fucking movie. Absolutely. He closes a drawer by backing his ass up against it repeatedly. No, not yeah. back. He bumps it closed, Bobby. I counted. Mm. It takes three bumps for that drawer to close. So he I meant really... backing that ass up in a sexual context, Tim. Yeah. Really, but he's got control. He doesn't of do it in he one fucking shot. He's <laughs> doing his first rodeo, Tim. To the music. <laughs> oh, he's on point with the music. Like it's oh, Wish yeah. featuring Jesse. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then he puts on these uh, he puts on these like Bebop from the Ninja Turtles sunglasses. Oh, I and, love uh, those! And he pulls out a pop gun that he's mm. put between his legs like he's got a a big narrow dick. Yeah, and uh, and he's twisting that around and he's dancing. He's after popping he's, it off after he was singing to it like it was a microphone. This is true. And then <laughs> at his finest moment, 
<laughs> on the bed, thrusting We're his popcorn dick. Lisa and his mom pop into the room. Which, come on now, this is a teenage boy. Yeah. Mom, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, knock. she doesn't know Use your you, brain. right? Tim, I guarantee knock. you Candace isn't knocking on her kids' rooms yet before she opens up the doors. Yeah, but we're talking about like a like a junior in high school. Yeah, or I well, guess he's a senior. Yeah, he is a senior. Now they do mention that. That's true. So hypothetically, you, you got like a seventeen-year-old, or for purposes of most movies, eighteen, but still in high school. Uh, but you know, you got a seventeen-year-old in his bedroom with the door closed. You don't open that shit. You think music they... going along? It's nice rhythm of music. It's got a good, great beat to it. Yeah. He turned up music so you couldn't hear what was going on in there. You know what's going on in there. Yeah. Uh, here's a personal. Well, see, story, that's by a double-edged sword, Bobby. Is because you turn the music up so they can hear what's going on, but you also can't hear what's going on outside the door. Mm, <laughs> you can't hear people true. creeping on up. Uh, my You're grandma distracted enough. When yeah. I was a teenager, when I was that age, I lived with my grandma, and uh, she loved, for whatever reason just never knocked she just kicked that door open like she was the dea Jeez. you know like every time I think, I and think she always had this wide-eyed look of like with you. oh yeah oh yeah she always looked disappointed when i wasn't doing anything though what the fuck and i don't think it's not i don't think it's a weird sexual thing no. that she wanted to see me masturbating i think she wanted me to feel the embarrassment of getting caught masturbating yeah that's the thing she's trying to bust you she's always like bam ah oh, damn it he's just sitting there He's just watching a movie. He's just playing his Xbox. <laughs> He's just watching Nightmare on Elm Street 2 again. <laughs> that same scene. He's got the pop gun out again. And it's uh, funny to think of all the times that I, you know, and and I, I would bring people over, you know, but like, mm -hmm. there was always, <laughs> she kept that lingering fear, though, because like at any point, she ain't knocking. That's, it's a good move, I, I guess. Yeah, that's right. She planted the seed early, right? Yeah. I don't have a single family member that didn't traumatize me as a kid. Wow. <laughs> I swear to God, every last one of them had some I kind of psychological torture. Yeah, that's family. That's how it works. Yeah. So, uh, do you think that they like pitched this as, look, Tom Cruise, risky business. Oh, totally. That's the epitome of like sexy dude for the women out there, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great scene because I love then that Lisa's like. Hey, uh, I came over to help. <laughs> do you need me to come back? Yeah, do you need a minute? Like, <laughs> and also that's a two-person job. Yeah, that room is pretty small. I don't, I don't know. He can. I mean, knock it's that clearly out she hour. wanted to spend time with Jess. Of course, yeah. And then I love she's uh, uh she does a great job of helping too. She picks up a can of jock itch and says, "Hey, where does this go?" <laughs> Which, of course, the answer is my dick. Right. <laughs> Imagine he just flatly went, my dick. It goes on my uh, ball area. I spray this on my pop gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, want to find out, baby? Uh, so she's like, uh, cool. He grabs it, puts it away. And she's like, all right, so the sweaters, they go in the closet, right? He's like, yeah, the sweater's in the closet. And that's where we find the diary. And the that's where we see the, the game mythos. first. Yeah. She pulls down, hey, what's this? And it's a game of probe. And he says, put that back, put that back, put that back, put that back. <laughs> There's not he a game really in there. He needs how to learn how to label his pawn in a less conspicuous way, right? Yeah. I don't have party ice and I don't have probe. We don't have the right kind of people here to play it. Just put it away. Read the sign. 
<laughs> Holy shit, party ice. I just got that. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he... Uh, they, they find the, the journal. It's Nancy Thompson's journal. She says, oh, it's five you years old, copy, too. Inside Edition would have gotten their hands on that by now, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Geral- uh, Geraldo would have been in there immediately. And Geraldo. Or Geraldo, like, yeah. Geraldo. Geraldo. He is Rico Suave. I'm sure that's up the alley. <laughs> So now they start skimming through it, and uh, and they think it's like going to be full of you know sexy stories. Well, it sort of starts out that way, right? Because she's uh, like, "Hey, Johnny Depp lives across the street. Let me talk like, about it." Yeah, You're not going to fucking get undressed. Every have you ever night? seen Twenty One Jump Street? Okay, <laughs> so that guy, <laughs> yeah. not Richard Grieco. Uh, so no, and yes, she describes. She's like, "Oh yeah, I'm watching the neighbor boy get ready for bed." His body's so slim and smooth, and I know I shouldn't watch him. Where's the music, Eddie? Come on. Oh, hold on here. Let me cue it up for you real quick. (laughs) And I know I shouldn't watch him, but that part of me that wants him forces me to. That's when I'm weak, and I want to go with him. Nancy, you thirsty bitch. God, I thought Carrie was bad. Like, man, where was this Nancy in part one? No, Carrie me. didn't have any fucking neighbors to be picking on. What are you talking about? She don't watch the fucking sheep in the backyard. Yeah, she wasn't looking at anything under the stairs. True. But Poor uh Carrie. But then the, yeah, they get to a they get to a particularly saucy page that starts with he comes to me at night. Yeah. It sounds sexy. But at then it takes point, a turn. Who's reading the diary at this point when they get to that part? Uh wasn't she reading the diary at this point? Yeah, she's point? reading it out loud. Yeah. Is it because it one he takes the diary away from her? And oh, it's when she gets to this passage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. He's like, okay, let's not. Oh, let's uh, hold on here. Yeah, because this passage is uh, he comes to me at night, horrible, ugly, dirty, under the sheets, with me. Okay. Under now, the sheets. Hold on. Leave out the horrible and ugly part, maybe. Like that's not so sexy, but all right. Then tearing at my nightgown with his steel claws. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, okay, true. Ugly people need need love, too. And (laughs) And he's pulling the book away from her, but she's got this look on her face of like, okay, then what happens? And and he's like, no, 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 give me that. That took a personal turn real quick. I got to just flip through here. Oh, yeah, his name's Fred. And he wants to take me to the boiler room and kill me. All right, well... It's not so sexy anymore. I mean, <laughs> imagine she pulls the book and it's just the lyrics to Will Smith's Nightmare on My Street. Oh, God. <laughs> He's burnt up like a weenie and his name is Fred. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get some burnt weenies later for sure. <laughs> oh, now, if only we could redub, was it Freddy versus Jason, where instead of the other things, she calls him a weenie. Oh, that would have yeah. been a perfect callback, yeah. right? <laughs> what kind of weenie are you? <laughs> Where's this Christmas sweater all the time? Yeah. So, yep, Tina's dead, and uh, Jesse's freaking out. Something Grady said to me about the uh, girl that lived here who uh, went crazy because she saw her boyfriend get murdered across the street, and then the mom locked her up. So, 
Yeah, it's all kind of uh, true. Maybe Grady wasn't uh, fucking with him Guess what, you've been yet. in school for like at least a couple of weeks and nobody else has mentioned this to you, that you're living in the crazy girl's house across the street from the murder house. Which, by the way, which house is going to be harder to sell? Because at one point we're going to find that it took five years for this house to sell. What mm-hmm. about Johnny Depp's house? I don't think his parents are still living there, right? They moved well, out. there was I... a killing that happened here, self-inflicted, but we'll find that out later. Yeah. I definitely want a spin-off movie. Like everyone always like wants to people have talked for years about how they want some prequel film about Fred Krueger getting killed. I'm like, we've seen that shit. I don't yeah. need a Terminator movie about the rise of the machines either. Yeah. But uh what I do want is the Springwood real estate agent who somehow manages to close all these deals <laughs> despite the oh, fact man. that every house on Elm Street has had multiple murders. So it's like a supernatural type series where they just it travel from be, town I think, to I'm, town. I'm getting her name wrong, but Moira from uh, Chuck Chuck Palahniuk's Lullaby. She's the one who's a real estate agent. Hmm. I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, like two people got that joke. Yeah. But man, they loved it. They did. They're laughing still, yeah. so we'll give them a second. Well, only two and people bought were... that album, but both of them went and started bands, Tim. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. We cut to another sleepless night, and man, if you thought that journal was hot, it is hot in here. Because he goes to turn his light on, and the lamp's melted. It's like a dolly work in here. It really is. He's got a record that's gone 90 degrees off the side of the... uh, But, you know, as a record collector in 2021, I gotta say, like, what are you doing leaving that shit on your dresser anyway, man? Put that in the sleeve. Yeah, it's supposed to be standing upright, too, not on its side. lamp that melted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is the baseball hat lamp, there's the candle, and then there's the record. Okay, now here's the thing is, who has a candle next to the fucking bed? And when that thing melted, it reminded me of Clockwork Orange when Alex goes to the fucking music shop and hooks up with those two chicks. Hmm. I could see that. And candle near the bed, Tim, that's for mood lighting when you want to read a scary story. I don't know. To me, it looked like a big fucking melted dick. Okay. Well, I haven't oh, seen man. a lot of melted dicks. So. Uh, it's a real Rorschach test. Yeah. <laughs> that was Tim? a Clockwork Orange reference. Come on, people. Keep Tim's uh, learning but, uh, things. Do you like the idea that it, of him investigating every noise in his house with a candlestick? Oh, yeah. Like He's got like man. a floor-length nightgown on. He's just wandering around <laughs> he, A little nightcap. Okay. So he basically does, because we, okay, we've just established. that shit. We've just established how hot it is in here, right? He gets dressed in a long sleeve sweater and pants to go downstairs. It's, what, 100,000 degrees in this house? What is he doing? Get a tank top, some shorts, something. Honestly, figure your shit out, Jess. Yeah. I'm just happy he didn't put a pair of sweatpants on and then a pair of shorts on over them. Yeah, that, that would be a bad look, for sure. Somebody rocks that later on in the movie, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we go into the basement, hear some dripping... We wander over to the boiler, open it, reach inside, and we find the glove. Furnace pops on, and old Fred appears and says, Go ahead, man. Try it on for size. He looks at Fred. He's like, Whoa, what the fuck's going on here? Just kind of drops the glove, and I'm like, Man. (laughs) What's this guy selling now? That's a that's a good glove. Don't don't fuck it up. Don't drop it. Just put it hey, back I'm in the furnace. I'm sitting underneath Amway one right now. You might be interested and... in. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. He just starts giving him the sales pitch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm sitting under a uh, an actual Freddy glove right now, and uh, how he could uh, drop it on the ground like that? Those things are expensive. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like you want to get a good one, that's going to be a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Especially because Freddie works for Cutco, so those knives ain't cheap. So, so Dory uh, goes trying to sell his gloves. Basically, yeah. I mean, Is that why he so had much... all those in Part Six in the flashbacks? He was eating glove sense. salesman. Yep, yep. He was franchising, buddy. That's how you make money. It's MLM. So, <laughs> yeah, he, um, Freddy tells him, hey, buddy, pick that up and go kill for me. That's your job now. You're going to kill for me. Excellent performance. It's just like Freddy was here. Thank you. <laughs> what if Freddy spoke like that? He's like, hey, buddy. Hey, I kind of got chills. Like, look, man, pick that fucking glove up. Quit being a bitch ass. Go kill your friends. <laughs> just a real casual Freddy sniffles a lot. You know, he's just yeah. like, all right, pal. So, uh, look, all right, you got the body, right? Yeah. Well, I got the brains, dude. Let's go. Let's make it happen. We got shit to do, you and I. Well, to be fair, his sales approach doesn't work because Jesse fucking just bolts out of the room. Like, fuck that noise. It's the right goes to, Yeah. Goes to run, trips, turns around. No Freddy, but the glove is still there. Of course. Dun, dun, dun. So we cut to the next day at school. It's like, so Lisa, uh, you know, I was sleepwalking. And Lisa's like, yeah, it was probably a premonition. I bet you're psychic. What? <laughs> uh, this is huh? Candace, right? Yeah, oh, this is totally Candace. Is. Yeah. Yeah, Lisa, Candace Lisa's jokes. a real Candace. Yeah. But, uh, one thing that's fun about this scene, uh, a little bit of trivia for you, is this same uh, high school hallway was used in the Karate Kid. Oh, it's the same lockers. Uh, someone has done the uh, the juxtaposition of stills from both to show that even some of the lockers have the same stickers on the doors and whatnot. Oh, wow. So <laughs> right now I'm letting you know, shared universe. Nightmare on Elm Street and Karate Kid, both happening at the same time. Oh, man. That, now that's a fucking matchup we need. That's why Freddy kept yelling, slice the leg. <laughs> that makes sense. No, he says bite the leg. He, well, yeah, he does bite the leg. I'm going to paint the fence. <laughs> hacks on, hacks on. Oh, this is good. That final confrontation between <laughs> between uh, Danny and Freddy. No, remember when There's Miss Miyagi had Freddy on the ground and he honked his nose? <laughs> <laughs> Freddy's nose falls off. Oh, no. oh, it's where the face comes off. It's just the skull yeah, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> we Got can do this nose. with like an edit real quick. We can make it look like it happened. <laughs> We gotta do that, man. Oh, God. So, yeah, then Carrie shows up, thirsty as ever, asking about Lisa's pool party. Lisa's like, yeah, I've invited all of the cute guys. Is she the horniest girl in the school or what? No, that was Nancy, but she's dead, so... <laughs> she she died of No, horny. come on, let's be fair, let's be fair. It is Johnny Depp, okay? So... Yeah. I mean, and as hot as it is in this town, everybody's gotta be thirsty. Makes sense. That's why he was wearing those fucking shorts and that midriff fucking shirt that he was wearing when he got killed, right? It's so hot. Mm, yeah. It makes sense. You know what? It all adds up. So, so I love this. Then Carrie's like, good. Is your dad going to DJ the fucking pool party again? Because last time he was playing Benny Goodman records all night. Mm-hmm. Shots fired at Benny Goodman, by the way. Honestly. And <laughs> Which, by I the way, I, uh, I, Eddie, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Bobby. I was gonna say, like, I'm not, uh, I'm not gonna claim I was ever a cool kid in school. So I'd be, if I went to a pool party and they were spinning Betty Goodman records, I'd be like, this is cool. Yeah, I'm still in a enough. fucking pool party, right? I'm like, I'm in. But here's it, the man. thing: is I think the dad's got a slick move. Mm-hmm. He's cock blocking. He, 
uh, cock blocking? Benny Goodman's known as the king of swing, Tim. Yeah, but you can't slow dance. There's no grinding with Benny Goodman. It's <laughs> all like true. back and forth, hips, this step, that step, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Benny Goodman, famous for playing the clarinet. Nice. <laughs> not going to call that not a real instrument, but you I get I thought he I'm was going. famous for dying in an airplane crash, but okay. No, that was the big bopper, not the king of swing. No, I think it was Benny Goodman died that way too, right? <laughs> yeah. So we cut to Grady and Jesse jogging and talking about their dreams. And I love Jesse's like, hey, uh, Grady, do, do you remember your dream? This is a, a common conversation I would have with my guy friends while we were going for a jog. Hey, do you remember your dreams, Grady? Grady's like, yeah, only the wet ones. Yeah. Post up for a high five that never comes. Yeah. No. Well, back to the showers. So, so many scenes in the showers. Uh, so Jesse's like, hey, you know, Grady, I'm going to try to be your friend here. So I'm going to tell you something. Schneider, that last play that he called you out on, that was By the bullshit. way, sorry. Goodman died by having a heart attack in his apartment while taking a nap. I was wrong. Okay. Well, we'll have a moment of silence for Benny Goodman as we listen to some clarinet. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I love this. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Oh, Schneider, he called you out on that last play. That was bullshit. Yeah, Schneider's got a stick up his ass today. Yeah, he's got one up there every day. And who's behind them the whole time? Uh-oh. It's Schneider. Oh, man. Busted. Yeah. Well... He calls them dirt balls and tells them to go do more push-ups that they fuck up. So, uh, yeah, then we just cut to it's nighttime again. And yeah, we're back the at day the day and night are both just coming and going so much. It's almost like, uh, what's the word, dream logic. It, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of disc... Speaking of uh, dream logic, <laughs> this scene with the lovebirds. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Okay, so... I'm going to walk through the paces of it real quick. Stop me when it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Mom <laughs> covers the lovebirds up because it's time for them to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Makes it dark for them. That's how it works. We used to do the same thing with my uncle. So... <laughs> <laughs> then he complains. He's getting a little bit too racist. Put a bag over his head. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, He's uh, not that bag one. on my head. Oh, starting my to talk about the good old days again. So uh, put the cloth over his head. He'll not think the one with the eye holes. Yeah, not that one. <laughs> That's for later. So then everyone's like, "God, Dad, it's fucking hot." He's like, "Oh, I'll go check the thermostat." Total dad move. He looks at the thermostat. He's like, "What the?" It is 97 degrees in here. Because when he gets up, he has sweat marks underneath his fucking yeah. armpits. It's just so hot. In the, 97 degrees in the house. Oh, okay. Great. The fucking bill for electricity. This guy must be... Whatever the fucking heating oil, whatever he's using, it must be through the fucking roof. Well, he says that the AC just needs a Freon recharge, and he can do that himself. But we've learned he's not very uh, handy. Here in just one a of moment. those dads. Yeah, yeah. I I try my best to be able to fix things, but I know when to call somebody too. <laughs> like, not this guy though. So the birdcage starts rattling. Oh no! Wait, hold on. You missed an important part. 
Okay. After they say it's 97 degrees, the little daughter walks in. The sister walks in. Mm -hmm. And Jesse says something, and she said, shh, be quiet. The birds are trying to sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking it's 8 o'clock at night. It's the fucking living room. They're all there, the family room. And now they have to be quiet because the fucking birds are trying to sleep? Yeah. Well, they're not doing much sleeping, Tim, because that cage starts a rocking and then uh, they come a knocking. <laughs> How do you think? That's why they call lovebirds. Yeah, that's the point. You just set the mood for them. That's what they're making. Uh, but birds. these are. <laughs> well, you've heard about the birds and the bees. I don't think this is how it goes, though, because we lift the curtain and one bird has ripped the other one apart. And is going fucking psycho. Or birds, if that's a better reference to a Hitchcock movie. <laughs> they let it out. Why? <laughs> Why did you open the cage? You're not saving the dead bird. But it's they let the bird done, out. Right? It's a yeah. dead bird. This bird is deceased. This bird is no longer with us. It is no more. It has perished. <laughs> so this fucking bird. It's just resting its eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I sold Petey to I the blind the boy. <laughs> oh God! Remember that in Dumb and Dumber when he just sold their dead bird to the blind kid? That was good. <laughs> what a good film. move, right? A good move. Yeah, I just thought he was quiet. So no, yeah, this bird not so quiet. It flies out and just starts attacking the shit out of the family. <laughs> Yo, this fucking bird's got some moves. He, like, fucking goes up, <laughs> he, he, like, hovers, he stops, and then he backs up and drops down, too. Mm -hmm. like, damn, these fucking, they're birds of prey. Yep, he goes in for this first swoop, gets dad on the cheek, so he's feeling Knocks it. Knocks him on his ass, by the way, from a little yep. scratch, from a fucking, basically, yep. a parakeet. I mean, goes. I fought Clue Gulliger a few years ago at the Egyptian, and, uh, yeah, he goes down real easy. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's a real featherweight, you might say. That guy got a glass jaw. <laughs> so uh, then, yeah, it goes in after little sister. Oh, the bird's heating up. Goes up. They take a couple swings at him with a broom, and he's on fire, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the bird spontaneously combusts in Hell the air. Yeah. And everybody stops, and they're like, wait, what? And everyone no explosion, the... right? He just bursts into flame like a yep. fucking like like a bookie's bedding sheets when the cops bust <laughs> in, right? Yep, exactly. Like That's what it said in the original script, like a magician's the little sheet of uh, paper that they <laughs> the flash quick. paper. Oh, yep. like like pro wrestlers you see use. Oh, yep, yep, exactly. Just throw fire yeah. in your face. See, look, here's here's three different generations version of what that paper is. I think it's a bookie's <laughs> bedding slips that they're easy to set on fire. We got wrestling and we got magic all thrown together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really the perfect material. It is. And it's also what they made this bird out of, apparently. So, But not according to, to Daddy Clue, because he's like, no, you set this up, you son of a bitch. You used a goddamn cherry bomb. His theories are <laughs> insane. Like said, there's no explosion, right? Like, yeah. you used a cherry bomb to make a bird go crazy and then <laughs> burst into flames? <laughs> well, his theories are insane. First, help me move the stove. I think there's a gas leak. If mm -hmm. there's a gas leak and that happens, sir, you have bigger problems than the bird. Oh, You're yeah. all dead. I mean, it's more likely that was a phoenix. 
Oh, that's true. <laughs> they should be looking on the ground for a little And uh, there is kind of a little bit of like a Phoenix reference at the end of the movie, too. Mm -hmm. But what mm -hmm. I think it's supposed to be showing, and maybe I'm wrong and I'm stoned, but is how the father's in complete denial about what's going on around him. That anybody right. else can see if they pay attention to. But he will come up with every single excuse he can instead of admitting what the truth is. Yep. Which, uh, if you want to look at that as symbolic about uh, about a non-straight teenager coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The parrots are in denial about it. The phoenix being obviously mm -hmm. symbolic of, of reinventing yourself as, and living your truth. Mm -hmm. And the father... Yeah, because the mom says at one point, he just needs to go to see a psychiatrist, and the dad yeah. says, no, he just needs a good ass-kicking. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the father's reaching for whatever stupid explanation he can use to rationalize it. Uh, mm -hmm. No, it was the cheap bird seed that you were feeding the bird. What? And then, yeah, eventually, like you said, blaming the son. Oh, you hooked a firecracker up to him. You set this all up. What? The firecracker doesn't make the bird kill the other fucking bird, right? Tim, do the any of the other explanations make sense? I don't know, man. Fourth of July got weird in my neighborhood. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I guess what it, in his mind, he'd rather admit that the firecracker with that bird's ass, and then maybe there's something wrong with his family. Something's I, going on with his family that he's not aware of. I set off too many firecrackers at that zoo in Germany. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man, God. Let me tell you. I put bottle real... rockets, I dosed it with acid, and then shot into the zoo. It was a real <laughs> wild beast scenario. So, <laughs> Check out the Bloody Bits episode for wild beasts. Mm -hmm. So Jesse dips out. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to deal with this right now because I can't. I'm going to go try to get some sleep again. Or maybe not because, of course, back to his bed, back to him, not able to sleep. All right, that's yeah, fine. Because we see the lamp is back. This is where I found out. This is where I first saw that the lamp that he saw melted was the baseball cap lamp, right? Yeah. But you never see, the camera never goes back over to the table to show what that green thing was that melted. Yeah, the candle. It's not a candle. It cannot be a candle with the way that it melts. Candles melt a certain way because that's why they're called candles. That's this why thing, they call them candles? Yeah, because it melts in a certain way. It doesn't go all over the fucking place. <laughs> okay. That's what candle means? Candle means melt specifically. That's what it translates. It's Latin. So just don't don't look bother yes. to look it up. Yeah. So uh, I like this one, too, because he goes downstairs to investigate. Again, this is just his vibe, right? And lightning strikes the dishes. Man, Palpatine helping out with the housework. <laughs> I guess, yeah. So he's like, yeah. No, that's why, come on, I'm not going to do the dishes. Every time I go kneel them, the fucking electricity's shooting out of it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great excuse, yeah. For some reason, I don't know why, honey, but it doesn't happen when you do it, so guess Man, what? That gas leak. Yeah. Zeus hates these plates. So, uh, no, he's like, all right, well, I think I've had enough of the house for the day. I'm going to go on a nice rainy walk. Because remember, it's 97 degrees in my house and pouring rain at night. And, uh, again, here's a question. is I can never tell in this movie when he's wearing a shirt or when he's wearing a pajama shirt. Yeah. All I know is that they're never buttoned up all the way. Well, but the shirt he's... that he's wearing, is that a shirt that you wear going out on the street? Or is that a fucking pajama shirt that he has on? Well, Tim, when you're going to Joe's place, anything goes. No, this is not Joe's place. This is Don's place. Or Don's place. Yeah, sorry. 
Which, again, all right, this is a thing. Even back then, if you saw a bar like this, you knew what kind of bar it was. There's no windows. Yeah. Did you know what kind of a bar this was, though? Because it's a fun blend of, I'd say, townies no, and leather bars. This isn't townies. Are you crazy? This thing, this this fucking bar, this is like a fucking Stefan bar from Saturday Night Live. This got a little bit of fucking everything going on in it. Yeah, okay. I, I'll, I'll give you that, then. Yeah, it's just kind of a, a free Bacchanali place. There's a guy who looks like Truman Capote. There's a guy done up in leather. There's some girl with a fucking palm dress on who literally has a fucking boa. That's why I say it. There's a callback yeah. to the boa. Yeah, it's an interesting scene, for sure. And I love he just walks in comfortably, sits down, tells the bartender, yeah, yeah, give me a beer. And uh, did you catch who the bartender was? No, I didn't. Why, it's our That's producer, great. Bob Shea. Oh, really? Uh-huh. He shows up in just about every Freddy movie somewhere. He was a teacher in part one. He's uh, was it? He sells the bus ticket in part six. Huh. That's a, a heck of a walk-on role for Mr. Shea. <laughs> uh, according to Shea, uh, he went and bought all the gear he's wearing in this thing uh, on his own time, and he brought his little daughters with him. Oh, that's cool. And so uh, a guy and his two little, you know, you know, children of a single-digit age were going into, like, sex shops <laughs> looking for, like, leather daddy gear. Okay, hold on. I thought you meant well, hold on. We brought all the daughters saw this. to Some film. Some of us saw this at a single age anyway, so th- is that that far off? <laughs> Probably no. not, but it's an awkward situation to see Bob Jay walk into a sex shop with two little kids. So he went like, into... I'm going to buy this leather vest. Okay, so I, I misread what you just said. <laughs> and some birth certificates, too. Yeah, because I assumed he brought them on set. You're saying you brought them to the sex shop. That's yeah, and people were like, different. hey, man, you got they got to wait outside, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you got to... That is a good way to clear out the fucking sex shop, though, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're getting a private shopping experience. You pull that shit. Yeah, a lot of people are like, I can't be within 20 uh, yards from this situation right now for reasons, but That's... I... <laughs> oh, Eddie. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Those are the people that work there. <laughs> I'm sure they're all upstanding people. That was just a cheap I, joke. There's got to be some kind of fucking comedy sketch thing where they've done a thing like that, where they've had like little kids chase those guys away, right? Because they always <laughs> have to stay damn. 20 yards away, and the kids are just running at them. Some guy tearing ass down the street with little kids running after him. <laughs> uh, yeah, just as a goof, somebody attaches one of the ice cream truck speakers on somebody's car. No, <laughs> oh, get away! <laughs> that's actually uh, that's that's how Freddy was hunted down before he was burned. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, the girls with the jump ropes. It all makes sense. So It really does. Uh, wait, yeah. If I can ask for a timeout real quick, Eddie, I'm sure. just going to run to the bathroom real fast. Absolutely, Thanks. sir. I will pause the recording. All right. Cool. Yes. <clears throat> all right, and we are back. So Jesse uh, pulls up a seat, sits down at the bar, and orders himself a beer from the bartender, who we discussed previously as being the producer. Bartender Bob. Bartender Bob, who, and this is an interesting move, gives him the beer, pops it open, and a highball glass for the beer. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that glass? It's a weird move, but okay, whatever. Also, it doesn't charge him for the beer, though, so that's cool. Well, do you really get glasses with beers anyway in a bar? Unless you maybe, unless you ask for it, do they give it to you? They just give you the fucking bottle, right? Well, to be fair, though, Tim, how many times have you been in a Leather Daddy bar? 
Mm. True. Okay. True. Wait, is that is that like a signal? Like he's drinking out of that kind of a glass? I think yeah. the signal is that everyone's in leather. Yeah, I think that's the signal. It's, it's, it's that's a signal, how you but it's one of, like, the, one of look, the more I'm, subtle I'm ones. Not, I'm not catching on really quick. But whoa, whoa, look at the glass you just gave me. Oh, shit, I got so, it. And now so I know there's my I sketch. Okay. There's my sketch is it's Tim Yobo in a leather daddy bar, not knowing what's going on, but he's thinking everything that is not a signal is a signal. <laughs> Wait a that minute. pretty much explains my uh, my teenage years yes and especially since then i had leather motorcycle boots i had a leather jacket i even had like a couple of leather things on the wrist but who knew yeah well that was also <laughs> part of the kind of goth punk and alternative scene too it wasn't just for uh the gay clubs so and then speaking of leather coach shows up and coach's outfit interesting to say the least yeah uh <laughs> pleather yeah yeah pleather like a deep plunging v in that non-necked v-neck thing that he's wearing it's like a bandolera kind of looking leather jumpsuity thing he's got it's interesting it really had the the look of a guy who's not part of that scene thinking he's blending in thank you oh, thank yeah. you that's what i said he looks like a tourist, right? It's real dad on Halloween energy. So you think he was going undercover is what you're saying, Tim? No, I don't think he's going undercover, but I just... Well, maybe what it is is that uh, while he's into that, that lifestyle and everything like that, he's still not cool, no matter what. That's true. I don't he's think Coach is ever cool. He's the asshole Coach. He's going to be the asshole idiot at this fucking place, too. Oh, I hate the asshole idiot leather daddy. The worst, worst stereotype. Uh, just fucking it up for everybody. He keeps demanding the the beer in the bottle. He won't fucking get the highball glass for it. It's just he's just a loud moron in chaps and a cop hat. <laughs> just keeps asking. Just a real, to... real John Belushi at the leather bar. Yeah, just keep asking him to play Benny Goodman. Uh, so I love Coach. It's like, yeah, we're getting out of here right that guy now, but named Benny. And uh, I guess he takes Jesse to the school to run laps in the gymnasium. Okay, I have an issue with this. Uh, okay, go on, bro. You don't have the authority. Like we are outside of school right now. This is kidnapping, right? He took yeah. them from one place. <laughs> Like, you're just a dude at a bar now, and I'm just a teen... Granted, I am a teen boy. I should not be here. But you don't mm -hmm. get to make me run laps at school for this. But he is dressed with authority, so you kind of have to respect the uniform. That's true. When in Rome, right? He gave you a command, and you do it. Yep. Because then he gives him another command, which is, all right, hit the showers. Like, and... Uh, no. No, I'm going to no. go home. Yeah. Hey, actually, I don't even know why I'm here doing this um i'm gonna get out of here no he hits the showers and as he hits the sub. showers d definitely and as he hits the showers well we're about to see uh um i don't know he's gonna maybe move from the sub to the dom psychically we'll find out because the coach is organizing things in the storage room and it's poltergeist. Are we going to get to another subtext part here? That's what's coming up. What the fact that he's going to take a bunch of balls to the face? 
so many balls just start flying at the gym teacher. Just being overwhelmed by balls. Just everywhere he looks, a ball here, All different ball types, there. too. It's not just tennis balls, right? Mm-hmm. We've got some basketballs in there. There's some volleyballs. You Absolutely. name it. Absolutely. And, no. uh, Tim, and Leather some... da- Tim, Leather Daddy Coach is taking all comers. And by the way... <laughs> Great time to announce the sponsor for this episode. Yeah, this episode no, is brought uh, to you by Pornhub. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a couple of jump ropes, grab them by the wrists and drag them over to the shower stall. And uh, things are getting real subtle here because yeah. towels start snapping them on the ass. Yeah, it gets yes, real steamy, next, too. Yeah, the next part of nudity that we see again is another naked guy. Because his entire, his entire outfit just sort of does like a... With. No. But yeah, his whole outfit does like a breakaway. Just a whoosh, and it's gone. He's nude now. Oh, you know what? Oh, it's one of those like rip-away things, right? Yeah. He's getting off the bench in a basketball game. Tim, he, you know what? I think he might have been the best guy at the Leather Daddy Club, buddy, because his outfit is all go and no show. Oh, that's that's why it's like made out of cheap looking material because yeah. he's gonna rip it off eight times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like Lil Nas X dancing on SNL last night. <laughs> uh, did was, he rock I, I out with his cock that. out like lenny he actually uh he awkwardly spent the rest of the performance holding his own dick yep he sponge bobbed <laughs> in the middle of his uh pole dancing routine to montero by the way the summer jam oh surely but yeah just kind of uh held his shit together but on the plus side he was at the pole with the wings that popped up behind him after so it, it worked but uh <laughs> yeah it totally fit the performance but like it clearly yeah. wasn't planned you could tell because he uh he uh broke character when that happened and started oh, yeah. laughing <laughs> pretty good like is this really happening jesus christ it was a lot different than the uh millie vanilli <laughs> learning that they were lip syncing let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> oh god so yeah coach People just lip sync on tv it's not real mm, tim I've I got a lot of things. Those fade outs. <laughs> We've got a lot of things to explain to you, Tim. Uh, so yeah, no, gym teacher, like you said, man, he just gets some uh, bare ass, bare bottom discipline in the uh, shower as he's strung up, and now the sub uh, Jesse is the dom, whipping him. Because, uh, the yeah, so the magic towels are snapping him, and then the steam starts to fill the room. Yep. And where where Jesse once stood watching this, the steam covers his body. When the steam goes away, it's not Jesse anymore. Oh, no. But it's also not Robert England anymore. No, it's <laughs> not. Because <laughs> holy shit, this dude Frankenstein walking. <laughs> like, yeah. It was because I read that they didn't want to use him, and they got some stunt guy to do it. And then exactly. after seeing like the dailies, they're like, no, wait, we got to get they watched. They watched, you know, this was all shot by the second unit. Um... And when Jack Shoulder saw this footage, he was like, oh, we got to get this guy out of here. We're fucked if it's this guy. Um, And, uh, yeah, because this guy is just like, I'm a monster in a movie. Got it. And he, like, does this stiff, like, uh, you know, kind of a Jason walk in the steam. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the only thing that survived. They called up Robert Engler, like, look, just give him the money, dude. Just bring him back. Please. Please, Robert. We need you. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anybody, you know, if they're going to be critical of uh, Robert England's performances, just show them this scene. Here's what you get if it's not him. <laughs> yeah. No, not the ass whipping. I'm talking about this guy's poor acting. But 
Yeah, then... Uh, well, that's what they did to the guy after they saw that acting job. Guess what? You're going in the showers. Yep. <laughs> Start planking outside. So, uh, then, yeah, Monster Freddy just kind of walks over to him and slices his ass to ribbons. And as he yep. does it, the showers all start pouring out blood from the shower heads, too. And they're those old school, uh, high school shower room shower heads, so it just looks like a metal dick peeing. Peeing blood, yeah. Yeah, they all turn to blood. And then, uh, you know, we cut back and Jesse's nude uh, and wearing Freddy's glove. Yep. And so and he kind screams. of snaps out of the trance and screams. Thank and... God in that fucking itchy balls. <laughs> yeah, oh, for wait, real. We'll find out. Oh man, if that—that's why he got that jock itch spray, Tim. Just in case. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. shit, that fucking spray saved his ass. Okay, well, yeah, definitely from castration. So now you're expecting that the scream is going to wake him up in his bed or somewhere innocuous, like it usually does, right? But no, we cut to him being delivered to his parents by the police because. And Tim, this is the white privilege you're talking about here. Mm -hmm. He was out wandering nude on the freeway. Not in a funny way. Not in a college prank way. He's not (laughs) running down the freeway going, oh, USA, USA. They find him in that fugue state, walking around naked, and yeah, let's bring him home. To the crazy house that our ex-police captain lived in, where his daughter got killed. College Tim was wild, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. You know, not that way you do it in college, right? Screaming USA down the freeway, dude. Yeah, the difference is body paint, really. If you paint something on your body and you're running down the freeway nude, I think you can get away with a lot more. I've always said that. Mm-hmm, hmm Well, I guess depending on what is painted on your body. That's true. You can't go Die Hard 2 sandwich board. That's a very good point, too. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, they deliver him. And they're like, all right, this is yours, right? He's free to go. You need to, like, do something, though, because this is a problem. See ya. Yeah, we can only do this, like, four or five more times before you're going to have to write him up. Yeah, yeah, before we write him, give him a warning. So, (laughs) Dad, I love it. He's like, all right, this is going to be easy. I have two questions. You answer them, you can go to bed. What have you been taking? And two, who are you getting it from? Because I bet it's really fucking good. Yeah, I need no. to get some of that party ice. Let me see. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, and... I think that goes to his inability to see what's going on and understanding. Because he's going to assume that the kid is on drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say 100% he's on drugs, and that's why he was wandering around naked. Even if the father knows who it is who gave him the drugs, and even if the father does a Bruce Willis... Okay, and goes out and kills that guy. His son's still not going to take, take, stop taking drugs. That doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think he's on drugs. Uh, I think he's got a lot more problems than drugs right now. So we cut to the next morning, because the mom's like, just go to bed. Just don't deal with your dad. And dad's installing bars on the windows. Poorly, by the way. Is he or um, is he taking them off? No, he's installing them, I believe, because at this point we're like now. I think he's putting them back on. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, from when they bought. They the came house. with the house. Because mm-hmm. we're going full circle here. That's why it's the whole like uh, maybe it's the house that's causing this to happen thing that uh, Bobby was alluding to a little bit. So Jesse storms off. He's pissed off, 
And mom says, uh, this is what you're talking about, that, yeah, maybe he needs a shrink. And dad's like, nah, man, he just needs a swift uh, kick in the ass and maybe a methadone clinic. Like, yeah, oh. how the fuck does he get the methadone clinic? A heroin? The kid is wearing oh. short sleeve shirts. He's not oh. shooting up. Dad doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's it's just, true. It's one of those things. He's yeah. smoking that pot. Get him on methadone. Dad thought yep. the bird seed made the bird explode, Tim. This guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And that's so, yeah, that's classic all through this series. There's always like the parent that has no fucking clue. Yeah, they're all kind of asleep well, at the wheel. Well, you need that in horror movies. You can't have it where the kid or the teenagers go to a parent. And they're like, "I believe you right away." Yeah, and the only time that ever happens, that parent dies immediately. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can. I you believe can you, and it. I'm here to help. And then his head's off yeah, his body. Bang. Yeah, let's go buy a gun, and then he's gone. Yeah, Got so scat-manned. exactly. <laughs> So we cut. No, that's not it. Sorry. <laughs> Wrong scat. Man. Different kind of scat. <laughs> That'd different be great. kind of scat. Tim. Oh, no, wait. A different, different kind of scat. <laughs> okay. That's so a bar all... up the street. Yeah. The... <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, the happy hour specials don't bother. Even no, no. Can they... I ask you a question? What kind of glasses no. do they serve the beer in? Just so I know if I ever walk mm. into a bar once and like, everything in New York completely opens up again. Tim, like, coffee table. Scat bar. Yeah, coffee table or Tim, no beer, just mudslides. Oh. Make sure you yeah. avoid that bar. Yeah, the Kahlua's on special every day. But... Yeah. So now we we uh, we go back off to school and the cops are there. Oh shit! It's a crime scene. Yeah, something must have happened last night. I wonder what. <laughs> I love the description. Hey, Schneider got sliced up like a kielbasa in the shower last night. Whoever the killer was, they left bloody footprints everywhere. Okay, so a clue. Maybe the police will investigate it, figure it out. No, no, back nope. home. <laughs> Immediately back home. It's like we're missing scenes, maybe. No, I don't know. The cops are too busy escorting white, naked kids home. That's true. To, yeah. like, investigate what's actually going on at the school. Yeah. Murder? Forget about that. There's this kid running naked on the highway. We gotta do something about that. So back home, back to Jesse trying to sleep, and this time he hears a scraping sound in his room. Oh, yeah. And this is a pretty well-done scene, I think. As a kid, this one was very effective for me. Oh, yeah. Because it's all about the sound design for, for both of the parts of this scene. Because he uh, hears the scraping, he looks around, opens up his drawer, and it's the telltale glove. Just kind of scratching lightly at the uh, wood. Just enough to get him, you know, get his attention. So then he hears a rhythmic thudding sound. I'm like, oh, he's going to walk in on mom and dad. No, no. This Dad's doing be... that wrong, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course he's doing that he's wrong. He's falling off the bed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... He goes wandering down the hallway, opens up the door to his sister's room, and that rhythmic thudding is the jump rope. Oh. And his little sister's just skipping rope to the tune of the series. The one, two, Freddy's coming for... You know, you know the song. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast by now, I think you know the song. Yeah. Look at You've it. heard it. Anyway. We can't get sued for saying it, right? Just don't sing it. Uh, the Tim... I don't think we ever tried to avoid getting sued 
uh, for using other people's material. <laughs> yeah, but we're not actively looking for it either. True, true. So yeah, next morning, and he comes downstairs, gets himself a cup of coffee. Yeah, look who decided to join us. Oh, hey, and you're looking a lot better. He's not looking a lot better. No, no denial. Says, hey, uh, Dad, can I ask you a question real quick, since we're all about each other's business all of a sudden? <laughs> Why did it take five years for the people to sell this fucking house? Oh, I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Did you also not know about the murder that took place across the street and the girl that lost her fucking mind? Oh, and by the way, her mother who went crazy and killed herself in the living room. <laughs> yeah, I just heard about this movie Nightmare on Elm Street. You know about this? <laughs> Here, let's put the tape in. You got to see this shit. And, and, I want to know I love, how she uh, killed herself in the house. What ha- What did he she, do? She her? pulled herself that through like, the window of the front herself. door. Yeah, she oh. hooked herself up to a winch. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Oh, man. Oh, man. And I love that the dad's like, well, yeah, but I got a good deal. Yeah, I love oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, his mom flips out. Place. And yeah. he's like, yeah, come on, bitch. We got you a got good deal. What the hell house? did you think? You're supposed to know that somebody's dead in this house, but I told you how much it cost. I got it for 25000 under market. What the fuck do you want? You think I got Springwood money? Get real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on. We got a fucking backyard. Next door neighbor's got a swimming pool. It was this or Crystal Lake. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, have you seen the people who live over there? Jesus. It's rough. Real rough. And the little sister was like, yeah, I'm scared, too. I don't really like this. Dad's like, nah, man, it's cool. And then the toaster catches on fire. (laughs) And at this point, I'm just like, you know what? This actually could be on the dad. I'll bet you he didn't fucking wire whatever was going on in this house. Because it wasn't toasting exactly how he likes it when it comes out as milky white. He wants it a little bit more white. (laughs) This is like, uh, this is Tim Allen's whole stand-up routine, isn't it? So, like, I rewired the toaster. Yeah. And uh, the only problem, though, is that the toaster wasn't even plugged in. Whoa. So they all kind of hang on that for a second. And then we cut to Jesse driving Lisa <laughs> to school. I'm surprised yeah. he didn't accuse the son of setting it off a cherry bomb next to the fucking toaster. And that's <laughs> yeah. why it happened, right? One of, those, one of those cherry bombs would make things go crazy. You've been stuffing road flares in this fucking thing? Is that what you've been getting high off of and you were trying to destroy the evidence? <laughs> this idea of this angry dad who's so lost. <laughs> it has to be some kind of drug. Are you on, no, are, are you on the mushrooms? You've been sniffing road flares? <laughs> you've been drying heroin out in this fucking thing, I bet. That's how you cook it. Yeah. Why can't I find any fucking whipped cream in this house anymore? What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, no, that that would actually make a little sense. <laughs> You've been smoking whippets, kid. Or Tim, actually, what would make more sense is like we were talking about in that episode where we uh, were discussing mancers with the poppers, and you had no idea what those were. Oh, that's right. Yeah, see, look, you're never too <laughs> yeah, old I to learn. The, the Tim went and bought a big tub of Cool Whip. He's just <laughs> sniffing it. He's like, "It's yeah. not working. This doesn't work." <laughs> So you, like, burp it like Tupperware? And then try to, <laughs> oh, yeah. Try to get well, in there you, before it escapes? Yeah, you gotta get all the air out of it before you do it, right? <laughs> Tim's just doing lines of it. <laughs> He's like, I don't get it, man. <laughs> You're just squirting Cool Whip up your nose. Yeah. Wait, up your nose? Oh, uh-huh. fuck. Doing the wrong <laughs> yeah, way. Tim's been colon rolling ready whip, and he looks like uh, the, the stuff went very wrong. <laughs> uh... 
So Jesse like is kids that would like soak a tampon and jam it up your backside. That's just drink. Yeah, honestly, man. Fuck are you just, just, if you have enough privacy is... to to jam a soggy tampon up your ass, you have enough privacy to go take a shot of something. <laughs> but that's not somebody who's like 21, 22 years old doing that. That's underage kids who are doing it so they can sneak drink, right? But if you're jamming a tampon up your ass, you could have just had the booze. <laughs> you had time no, to soak the tampon. No, because guess what? Your teacher is going to smell your breath. A lot faster than they're going to smell your ass. <laughs> Most right? schools, your teacher's not going to sniff your ass. That's yeah. a good point, Tim. The drug dogs, however, are going to notice Every it immediately. Every time this kid fucking farts, it smells like gin. <laughs> I haven't seen that since my grandma's bridge group. <laughs> it smells like a martini and Rossi in here. What the hell's going on? <laughs> now, that's what I call a dirty martini. <laughs> good night everybody good night everybody so yeah he's driving lisa to school and lisa's like look i know whatever's going on is probably not your fault denial uh you're probably just picking up psychic signals from other people so yes. uh by the way take a right here he's like where the fuck are we going she's like no don't worry it's cool cut to an abandoned power plant where oh, Fred right. Krueger... doesn't look like a power plant, right? No, it looks like a warehouse that they just kind of got. It's just one of those massive factory in. warehouses where like hair metal bands would shoot their music videos. Yeah, they manufacture steam here. Yeah. Is what it's they the spark factory. <laughs> yeah, the steam and spark factory. <laughs> we're just going. We're gonna go shoulder to shoulder with our guitars in there for a little while. And by the way, if if Lisa's really trying to like get in with this dude. Oh, this is the power plant where the guy that you think is possessing you worked. He kidnapped 20 kids, brought them here, and killed them. Do you feel anything? Well, see, I think at this point, they're just friends. I don't think she's interested in him. Because later Damn. on, we're going to see something going on, and it's just like, it looks kind of forced. Dude, and she's, um... I think she's just like, she's curious about this shit, and she's like, hey, let's go here and see what happens. Yeah, Mark brought up in an interview uh, that there is definitely a take out there uh, that one could view this through where she knows he's gay and uh, you know, she's not going to push it. No, she's going to let him come out when he's ready, but she's just here to be his friend. Uh, that... I will agree with that. And I think, I think there's, there's even what happens later on in the movie, Bobby, I think you could still think that she still has that same mindset and that she thinks that she's going to be able to do that for him. Yeah, and this is a, you know, she's his best friend. She's yeah. a real bad bitch. Kind of ends up being a little bit the final girl in this. We'll find out. Uh, so, yeah, she just keeps asking if he's feeling anything with her while they're alone in the spooky warehouse. And he's <laughs> like, can you shut up? I'm trying to focus and you're distracting me. Okay, hold on here. So you uh, want to, like, you know, fool around where 20 children no, were No, no, hold on. I'm trying to concentrate and see what's going on in this warehouse that you brought me to. Yeah. Yes, hold on. See, tip number one. Candace, you brought me to a warehouse where a man used to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not monster? feeling the horde right now. <laughs> Is that a cookie monster, bra? I can't take you seriously. Yeah. No. I, I think we just need to refer to Lisa as Candace for the rest of yeah. the episode. <laughs> Lisa, you're just Candace now. Sorry. Uh, poor Candace. So he spies this uh, cabinet. He's like, hey, there's something over there. I bet that we could open it and see what's in it. So they kind of walk over to it. 
open it up. Oh, and it's just a cute little rat hanging out. Oh, hey, everybody. Uh, Ratatouille's here. And we'll see him again later. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Briefly. So uh, we cut to the furnace kicking on in his house. And okay. Number one, shut the furnace off. Right. It's too hot already. Number two, that house, maybe, maybe 1,800 square feet. The size of that furnace for that fucking house, that's insane. Of course it's crazy hot in there. This is like that furnace Kevin McAllister is afraid of. Yeah. Holy shit. You think, oh my God, you think they watched Nightmare 2. And they're like, that furnace in the basement, we got to add that to this movie. Absolutely. He was on a plane. He watched Dial Code Santa Claus and Nightmare on Elm Street 2. <laughs> Those were the in-flight movies on the way to Paris. Yep. Yep. So uh, we cut to the little sister's room where we hear Freddy tell yeah, her this, to wake this up. This POV walking through the house is great. It is. It, it is a really good scene, yes. And is that, wake up, little girl. Yeah. She wakes up. Oh, what time is it? And the voice cuts over to Jesse's. Uh, it's, it's late. Go back to sleep. And I'm like, Thank then God why did you wake me up? Time. Asshole. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So he goes to tuck her in, and uh-oh, <gasps> he's wearing the glove. So, off to pound some coke and stay up. That's which great. Is, yeah. Which is the uh, generic... party ice. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, party ice, got, box of it. <laughs> party ice got shut down, so now it's called stay up. It's basically like trucker meth. You know, the, they just the cool... keep changing the name. When, when the government shuts them down, they just change the name a little bit. and they're Start back right up back up day. again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a different company. So we cut to the next morning, and Mom says, All right, look. Take Lisa to school, right? <clears throat> but, uh... Oh, no, sorry. Cut, cut, cut. So the next morning, Mom says he looks okay. Again, in denial. He's like, that's cool. I'm going to go take Lisa to school. Get the hell out of here, you know? And he's talking to Lisa. And Lisa's like, you're, you're probably going to be all right. You're probably going to be fine, you know? He's like, what the? What, what are you talking about? My dad thinks I'm on drugs. My mom thinks I'm fucking crazy. I think she's right, by the way. I don't think anything is going to go okay. So shut up. And then uh, <laughs> Candace kind of does. And this is when we go to the cafeteria and the energy between Grady and Jesse in the cafeteria scene might be my favorite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because Grady is eating more than he's talking first. <laughs> His mouth is full of food. He's like, so you won't go hang out and get a pizza or something, uh, I, man? I, you... I love this, though, because like, Grady's asking him out on a date. He is. He's like, hey, you want to go like up. watch a movie sometime? Maybe get pizza and chill. You yeah. know, you want to like, want to, want to, going to go out. I got Netflix. Oh, and we that's could... why he was talking with his mouth full because then if he gets turned down, he'd be like, oh, well, I didn't say that. You, 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 you understood what I was saying with the mushrooms in my yeah. mouth. He's yeah. kind of like lightly testing those waters, man, because he, he's asking him out on what is typically like a teenager's date idea. Like, we're gonna grab a slice of pizza and go to the movies. Yeah, exactly. It's easy breezy, but it also could be confused for we're just friends. Yeah. And then uh, fucking Carrie and Candace show up. Of course. And they're, they're like, hey, uh, Grady, are you going to be uh, going to my party? 
And he just shuts her down. <laughs> he does. <laughs> like, I'm like, grounded. What happened? Well, I threw my grandmother down a flight of stairs. <laughs> and, like, it's not just, no, I'm not going to go to the party. It's like, I don't want you attracted to me. Yeah. Not what you're selling right now, not I'm happening. <laughs> Anyhow, so back to you, buddy. You sure you don't want to go get some pizza or something? I'm you like, know. dude, could you just chew the food before you take another bite real quick? You don't have to swallow it. Just chew it a little bit before you take another bite. So then Candace tells Jesse, look, man, you should probably eat something. <laughs> He's like, you should stop wasting your fucking time, by the way. Quit talking to me. Grady's like, yeah, don't waste your time on him. He's just a basket case. Shut up, Grady. Oh, oh. Fine. Fine. He I'll... screams it. Everybody stops. At, and sees and... this geeky, what would be the geeky guy in the school telling this guy to shut up. Yeah. You think there's going to be a fight, right? Yeah, but there isn't. He's like, fine, I'll shut up, man. No problem. I'll see you around, buddy. And the tension, the, the fight that they're having. It, it, this is a lover's quarrel. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's a couple having their first fight. Yep. Yep. So now we go to the pool party. Love and it. man, <laughs> this party, Tim. I mean, this, you're a little bit older than us. So this to you, this must Slightly. have been like the bee's knees, what they got going on here. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I would have been fucking, I would have been fucking popping a tent all the way even before I got to the swimming pool at this party. <laughs> Couldn't even do push-ups. Yeah, because nope. you got cool dad on the Not ones and twos. Candace's dad out there spinning those records. He's, he's mm -hmm. cooking up cooking up burgers he's, and uh, Mr. Wonderful apron. He's popping the tapes. <laughs> yes, it's he's popping tapes. tape deck that Pardon. they're using. Not even records. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, I, I, I caught the, the apron was great, by the way. The and Paul Orndorff apron. Some kid just does a cannonball into the pool, and the kids are like, yay. And he's like, hey, knock that off. Cut that out. No more fun. Yeah. I'm like, really? A kid doing a cannonball into the At pool. At a pool is, party. That's a little too much side-to-side -side action for you there, Dad. You fucking too suck. Too much motion man. in the ocean, you know? Those waves start going up and down. Mm -hmm. Start getting those crazy ideas. That's true. <laughs> and and I think mom has a crazy idea here real quick because she's like, well, I got this. Hey, uh, why don't we uh, head up to the it's bedroom? It's that time of the month again. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, God, it's that day. <laughs> and... that's, how, that's how the mom got him to agree to do this party, right? She's like, you know that thing we like to do on your birthday? Guess what? It could yeah. be your birthday again. <laughs> Happy birthday again. I'll go get the mudslides. So, uh, <laughs> got that new coffee table in. Yeah, yeah. Glass top, just like you like. And, uh, so she kind of like, well, let's Lisa know, like, all right, I, I got this. And he's like, all right, fine, fine. But 1230, no later. And, that's a uh, decent time for a party, right? Yeah. Actually, for that's, teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. That's, At your house. That's up for a bit, yeah. Twelve thirty. I mean, like if I if if it's my house, yeah, I'm being pretty generous, giving you twelve thirty. Mm-hmm. Well, because they're gonna, well, yeah, they... because she doesn't have to get home, but all those other kids. So wait a second, those other kids need a curfew of at least one o'clock in the morning because yeah. they got to get home. Well, you know, in this town historically known for deed murders, I mean, <laughs> all these families are like, yeah, whatever, get home when you get home. Yeah, you're probably cool. Don't worry about it. Just don't and, wake us up when you come in. We don't want to find out you're missing until the morning. 
I do love this, that the second that they're out of sight, the tape gets flipped. So we're going and, in stages. And everyone starts cheering. Yeah, they're like, like it's not really yeah, covert. Yeah, wake them up. They went to sleep. See, yeah. here's what's crazy. They're not even thinking that they're up there fucking, right? They think they went to sleep. Yeah, yeah. that's the funny thing. Yeah, they have no they, idea. They're all that just Candace's like, dad could lay some pipe. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're all up there and uh, waiting for the lights to turn out in the bedroom. They're like, all right, three, two, one. Lights go. The second that the lights go out, the, the eagle has landed. The beers come out, the music is switched, and everybody just starts fucking immediately. I'm like, whoa, oh, this is inappropriate, teenagers. What are you doing? <laughs> Getting downright Roman in here. Mm-hmm. Well, when in Rome... As three people who've probably never been to these types of parties, yes, this looks like a bit excessive to me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, when in I've Rome... I've been to some ragers, but yeah, not... Not people openly having sex in public. No, they usually went in the other room to do shit. Yeah, like that's that. what. Yeah, like, you, yeah you'd you'd see people go in another room and close the door. And you're like, yeah, that's what they're doing. I'm not going to be in there. Right. You head off to the cabana just like Jesse does. Yeah, cabana Jess. Yep. And Candace follows uh, Jesse into the cabana, just because you know she wants to have a little talk. Yeah. So she goes in, says, uh, "Yeah, everything okay?" And he's like, "No, I I'm afraid I can't sleep." I'm also ruining your party, but I'm losing my mind. <laughs> like, she's like, no, don't worry. You're not ruining my party. That's fine. I mean, you you are losing your mind, to be fair, but uh, don't that's worry. That's your business. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's on you, but I'll help you out. Here's what I'll do. I'll stay up with you all night. Huh? And Candace says, uh, I won't let anything happen to you. She goes in for a kiss. And it's not very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like kissing your grandma, right? Yeah, kissing Candace is like kissing your grandma because he oh, leans God. in for it. She gives you a Werther's afterwards. <laughs> yeah, you get ribbon candy. No, worse. She tastes like a Werther's. Oh yeah. So he gives her a little like a kind of a peck, and then he starts going to kiss her on the hand. What a and gentleman! I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's a real uh, Lord Fauntleroy that we got going on here. <laughs> but Candace won't won't have any of that because she goes in for seconds, and I'm like, Candace, calm down, okay? Act like you've been there. Yeah, he's clearly right? <laughs> not interested in you, Candace. You are not selling what he's buying, okay? But they kind of go for it a little bit, right? She lays down. He starts kissing between her boobs a bunch, and doesn't really move from there. I was gonna say that's where you want to you want to go straight up and down. You don't want to go left or right at all. Yeah, stay between the boobs. Don't go up. Don't go down. Don't go left. Don't go right. <laughs> Hit the most neutral yeah, target. Walk the shadow of death. <laughs> <laughs> Save for her shoulder. Hit the most neutral target you can. Then. We get that tongue. And oh, pretty neutral. classic. The, the classic Freddy Krueger. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> the classic Freddy Krueger tongue. And yeah, I'm I like, think we had a tongue bit in just about every entry of this series. Uh, one, two, three. We get tongues yeah. in three. We get, uh, let me see, we could definitely get tongues in seven. 
I don't know about four, five, six. That might, we might have given the tone thing a break. I need to revisit four, five, and six. I feel like because every time I've watched it, I feel like it's been like three in the morning, and I vaguely remember it. No, that's, that's the right the best time, time to, watch, to watch these kind of movies. Of course, movies. yeah, but I vaguely remember it. So I need to I need to revisit. I just remember showing Freddie himself killing him, and yeah. Which is the one where they find out that his mother was a nun? Three. Son of a hundred maniacs. Yeah. So, and I'm like, man, if Candace had known about that tongue thing, she would have been working twice as hard. Am I right? I was like, you know, he he, he, he is being a little bit of a bastard, right? Yeah. yeah. He's what a, not what, sharing what a, that. Because he's going to fuck her with that dick and then give her a French kiss goodnight with that tongue. Yeah. But no, he's not going to do either of those because uh, he gets up and freaks because that's what you should do if that comes out of your mouth. Uh, and he's like, look, I got to get out of here. This isn't going to happen. So he just gets dressed and walks away wordlessly and leaves poor Candace rejected. Just sitting there with a cookie monster bra going, what happened? Alone and sad. And Story of her um... life, really. If you want to get into like the subtextual part of this, yeah. it's like he had his first experience with a woman and he's terrified because he was not into it. Yeah, and everything he's known in his life leading up to this point has told him that it should just happen or work. Yeah. Well, yeah, because again, like, I can't in do any this. other horror movie, when does a guy in this, this situation, when is the guy going to stop? If anything, if the girl's like slow down, too fast, whatever, but he's the one. Who freaks out and runs away. Yeah. yeah. He's the one who feels sick. And it's just like, this isn't right. I can't do this. Yeah. And where does he go? Of course. Well. <laughs> shows up at Grady's house. He immediately busts into Grady's room. Says, look, man, I'm in trouble and I need to stay here with you tonight. Because some things happened. Candace, I've learned a lot and I need your help. I killed Schneider, but it wasn't me. It was something inside of me. And it almost made me kill my sister. And then there's Lisa in the cabana. And something's just trying to get inside of my body. And Grady's like, yeah, Lisa in the cabana. But you're in here wanting to sleep with me. Yes. What a fucking line, right? Yep. Again, Absolutely. over everybody's fucking head when they saw this movie. And honestly, even as recently as in the last you know, 10, 15 years, I've seen uh, articles about like the most unintentionally gay horror movies. And I'm like, what about this movie was unintentional? Yeah, you're fucking up if you call it unintentional. Uh, so he's like, look, man, I'm messed up and I need help, okay? So please, I'm going to park it on this pleather chair under your stray cats and your Zappa poster and yeah what the fuck is up with those posters i'm sorry i have a question <laughs> okay these are just the ones that i could see okay tina turner power station oh yeah the stray station. cats yeah zappa mm -hmm. king cobra and king cobra is right next to another poster something a little mika a little micah little micah yeah that's a yeah. pretty eclectic taste yeah, for a teenager to have i music, respect right? that I feel like yeah. that was me back in the day. I mean, aside from all the new metal, but uh, yeah, I was will that say because it makes you're just sense, bringing though. posters home for free from the uh, whatever from I found. <laughs> yep. But uh, it makes sense that there'd be a power station one there because we've seen in all the previous scenes what it's like to live in Springwood. Some like it hot, and some <laughs> sweat when the heat is on. Oh my god! Yeah, and the uh, but some feel the off. heat wow. and decide that they can't go on. Oh. Wow, you're doing and, this by memory, right? 
Oh yeah. Given the the subtext, uh, the <laughs> Tina Turner one completely makes sense. All as of well. a sudden, power yeah. stations are going to wonder why they got a bunch of downloads. <laughs> wow, we sold oh, three man. songs all this those, month. Uh, all those clangs in the boiler room start getting real rhythmic. It's all <laughs> <laughs> Robert Plant comes walking out. <laughs> Not Robert Plant, Robert Palmer. What's Robert Plant doing there? I, I, hey, what's this guy around. selling? He's Robert along Plant for the ride. Right. Somebody else singing and looking pissed off that they can sing better than he can now. Ooh. Shots fired oh, at watch Robert that, Plant. Watch the video of Hart doing the Led Zeppelin tribute. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy, I think it's like they got inducted into like some kind of like Hall of Fame thing. And Jimmy Page and Robert some Plant kind of Hall of Fame they do for rock and roll guys. Yeah, I'm not sure what it was, but yeah, whatever it is. And Hart is doing like all their songs covering it, and they are fucking killing it. And you can see of Jimmy course. Page; he's the, oh, yeah. he's into Hart's it. Amazing. And Robert Plant is just sitting there, and he's got his head tilted, he's got his hand on his face, covering up his lips and everything like that. And you can tell he can't fucking stand it. Is it because you, they're rocking harder than they do? Uh, that, let's just, I hope that's at least that, and not probably what I think the whole thing is, too. Because how could Hart be better than Led Zeppelin? Right. Yeah. You know what he can do is he can go home and cry himself to sleep on his piles of millions and millions of dollars is what he can do. Yes, that's true. <laughs> it, it makes you wonder, too, like when, when Simon and Garfunkel heard the Bangles' Hazy Shade of Winter, <laughs> like how'd they react to that? Yeah, that's got to be a weird feeling. Because I feel like that's another situation, like when Trent Reznor heard Johnny Cash cover Hurt, he's like, well, that song's his now. Well, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah I think literally... he's actually public. He said that, that that's yeah, he it. Said it's that. no longer a Nine Inch Nail song, and it isn't. Yeah, like, just, he did it so well sometimes. that like it's yeah. not even my song anymore. Well, that's yeah, that was Reznor's famous quote about that, was he says, I, I made it and he meant it. So Great line. Oof. There you go, yeah. Holy yep. shit. So, uh... Yeah, he tells his buddy, Grady, he says, all right, just watch me. If I do anything weird in my sleep, stop me. And also, it's another you, uh, you hallmark of the series. Yeah, like, yeah. Almost everything has somebody going, now watch me while I'm sleeping and wake mm-hmm. me up well, if it gets, before you go-go. Maybe I'm reading now because I know what <laughs> you kind made of movie the joke it's supposed I was going to be. For. And I'm reading too much in the subtext, but he he busts into the guy's room. He's like, you got to help me. I need you. I need you tonight, I think he actually says. Something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And then when he convinces it, his friend says, all right, what do you want me to do? And then as Jesse is laying down on kind of like, what is it? It's not a couch. It's not a chair. It's kind of like a long fucking bed thing, right? Like Futon. a leather thing. Yeah. The way he's sitting is, I just want you to watch me. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? That's the entry into it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're just going to put on a movie and we're going to, whatever happens is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Just sit there, watch it. Whatever happens, if you like, you can join in. If not, eh, we'll talk about it tomorrow at school. Yeah. And we cut back to the other um, friends, Carrie and Lisa. And Lisa, or sorry, Candace. And Candace is, you know, nearly inconsolable because she just tried it with this, this guy and he had nothing to do with it. And she's like, ah, oh, but what about my party? I want to, you know, I, I should stay here and keep my party going. And Carrie's like, look, everything's going just fine here without you, Candace. Feel free to leave and uh, don't worry about it, okay? <laughs> I think Carrie already got laid, right? Because yeah, before Carrie's she was good. all hot and heavy with that guy and you see them running off. And yeah, now she's talking to her friend, and that guy comes back over, and she's like, get the fuck out of here. Plus, let's be fair. What is Candace actually contributing to this party at this point? They're just using oh, her for the, the venue. She's the shit down, man. Come on. 
yeah, get the hell out of here, Candace. So, uh, it, everything seems like it's winding down anyway. Let me tell you, every party without Candace is 100% better, right? 100% better. Especially including like Candace's birthday. <laughs> including Candace's own birthday party at her house. <laughs> yep. So we go back to Grady and Jesse. Jesse's asleep, and Grady's like, all right, well, he's okay. Flipping through a few uh, features on the TV. Like, ah, that poor guy. I'm going to let him sleep. I'll go to sleep, too. Turns the TV Again, off and talks in the entire series, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we get Jesse wakes up. Oh, man. And this scene. Ooh, ho, ho. Again, Kevin Yeager, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Again, with the love for the practical effects here. He wakes up Grady. Grady's like, "What? What's what's going on, man?" And he's clutching at his abdomen, and he's like, "Oh God, I'm not doing fucking. I shouldn't have eaten those hot dogs over at fucking Lisa's place. They're tearing the yeah, ass out of me." Oh my God! Especially when we're gonna see what happens to the hot dogs later on. Imagine eating one of those hot dogs, <laughs> and that happens. Uh, they get a little too hot, and uh, all of a sudden, but you can't tell how just... hot till you try. <laughs> That's true. That's a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Jesse just grabs his stomach, and we get knives emerging from his stomach. No, or from his fingers. Sorry, his sorry. His fingertips yeah. start growing knives after right. he, he opens his mouth real wide, and we see a feminine eye looking around. Yeah. It's, I thought it was Freddy's it's, eye. It's supposed to be Freddy's eye, but Kevin Yeager's girlfriend was the stand in, so it's a woman's eye. Yeah, because they don't. Because Robert Englund's got green eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So but don't they give Freddy the same color eyes later on in the movie? I... Oh, late when he comes out yeah. and he transforms, he's he's got Jesse's eyes. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay, all right. And that's so, why yeah, the the he's not wearing a glove anymore. He just has the the fleshy hand with yeah. the blades oh. coming out of it. Oh, so, all right, Bobby. Because it came from within. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But yeah, blades are coming out of, of his. Uh... <laughs> Man, and yet I can't do math. <laughs> Who can? Obviously not us, because we're on a... Wait, I bet Eddie can do math, right? Yep. Eddie can do everything. No, just math. Hate that guy. Nope. So yeah, the but, blades uh, come out of the fingers, and Freddy's starting to try to come out of the Jesse. And oh man, like his his forearm splitting open to reveal oh, the, the sweater God, stripes. that was so good looking. And just then the, the bulge in the stomach. The skin ripping apart on his hand. It just looks... I think in- this is the best special effect Probably in the entire series. And I'll tell you another great special effect. Oh, honestly, this is up there with American Werewolf. Yeah. Another great special effect is Jesse's fucking reaction to this going on in his face. Because he appears to be in horrible pain the whole time this is happening. Like, Mark Patton's a great actor, and he killed it in this scene. Yep. A hundred percent killed it. So yeah, then we see, yeah, Freddy's head start poking out of his abdomen and chest, and finally... The glove cuts to release Freddy to get him out of the Jesse. As this is taking place, Grady has made his way to the door. And because Freddy's here, no doors can open. That's just the way it works. Don't yeah. question it. Yeah. It's almost like we're in a nightmare. Yeah. He's banging on the door and his parents get out there. They're like, what? Okay, open the door, stupid. And he's banging, help, help. Yeah. Open the door, dumb, dumb. But it's too late. Freddy's out. He grabs Grady. 
chokes him with one hand and lifts him up. And this is one of the rare times, too, with Robert England's performance, where right before he approaches Grady, he kind of sizes him up like, okay, tough guy. (laughs) Which, uh, you don't get a lot of that in the series. No, you really don't. But But he has this, like, head nod of just like, oh, we're going to do this, aren't we? You know, (laughs) which is interesting. It's time. And I love, on this death, the thing that I love the most is that from the, we cut to the parents' point of view. They're hearing the banging and shit coming through the door and then holes where the door gets stabbed through and blood dripping out yeah, on the opposite side. The blades come through side. the door and rip oh. down. Yep, and you're like, well, he's fucked. Best way you could have shown that scene, honestly. 100%. Like, that's so oh, yeah. effective. So that's again, well, sometimes less is more. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then, yeah, we cut back to Freddy, who has clearly killed Grady. Only now, Freddy's in the mirror, and he's waving at Jesse, who's standing there with his bloody glove and covered in blood. Covered in his lover's blood. Yeah. And you can tell this one hit real close to home for the poor guy, because he is a mess now. Yeah, and he's screaming, you son of a bitch! He throws the glove at the mirror. Taunting him and waving at him. And yeah, busts the mirror with the glove. He hates who he is and what he's become. And the kind of wave, too. And maybe I'm looking for symbolism here, but the kind of wave Freddy does, the way he leans forward and does a little with his fingers, Mm -hmm. he's doing a dainty wave at him. Yes, he is. Like, this is who you really are. Yep. I know you fought against this, but you can't stop it. It's just your nature, sir. And then the cops show up. So it's like, all right, well, I got to get the fuck out of here because I'm not going to stick around and explain this shit. So he runs back to Lisa's because Lisa gets ready to go and find her friend. She's all dressed up, gets down, opens up the door, and a bloody Jesse pops in and says, oh, shit, I killed fucking Grady. I killed Schneider. Fred Krueger's inside of me. And he wants to take me again. Lisa's like, no, 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 no. This isn't happening. That's not. And man, Lisa <laughs> no, is no, right no. You or like die. me. You like me. Yeah. Maybe she saw that tongue. Maybe that's what's going on here. Uh, so out at the pool, though, while they're having their little talk, things oh, are getting. Things are heating up in the pool. Things are getting steamy, Tim. Because the pool starts damn near boiling a wooden block with hot dogs on it catches on fire and they and explode like fucking firecrackers blowing up birds they're popping oh, you strap like... a hot dog to this bird oh that's it he stuffed one of those little cocktail weenies into the fucking bird and it blew up oh that's right Eddie that's right it's a cocktail weenie that's why he didn't like blow the whole fucking like cage apart oh man imagine if he gave that fucking uh, bird the kielbasa that would have just poof Blown the whole fucking roof off of the place. <laughs> so now the hot dogs are popping. I didn't know that happened, but okay, I'll go with it. The I've been beer. at parties where the hot dogs were popping. <laughs> and everybody was jumping, jumping. <laughs> and yeah, they start cracking a few cold ones because the beers pop as well. And uh, Lisa tells Jesse, look, man, I read the last page of the diary. Here's some exposition. You can just reject it. Yeah, just fight it. Yeah, just you're, say you're no. not really afraid of him. He doesn't even exist. Jesse, sexuality is a choice. 
Yeah. You you it, could just not do it. Just you can deny go to a camp for that now, I think, right? Deny Absolutely. who you are. Yeah, go That's to a camp. That's all you gotta do, man. It's called Freddy Camp. I think they made a documentary about it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and God, you know Freddy what? Camp. All of those Oh camps. yeah. I'm not afraid, I'm a dream warrior. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm a dream master. All of those camps always work out 100% for everybody involved, too. Absolutely. And Spoiler I think from this point alert. on through the movie, this this is what they're talking about. It is, 100%. And so she's in denial of what's going on. Meanwhile, her fish tank is boiling. Like She's like, nope. Nope, that's not happening. Shit is done fucked. Like, we are through the looking <laughs> glass, bitch. Turn around, Candace. Look at what's going on. Quit denying what's happening around you. So, no. He falls down, poor Jesse, and Freddy pops up, and now Candace is the final girl. Boo. <laughs> Nobody wanted this. No. And, uh, yeah, Candace goes to run. He grabs her, bites her leg. He gets an ankle bite. Yeah, pretty biting. clean bite, right? Yeah, it's like he's eating the turkey leg. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a pretty good shot, and then she kicks him. And every time uh, Candace calls him Jesse, he goes, "There is no Jesse." Yep, yep. Look, that, that, he's that that boy doesn't exist. This is all that can exist: is destruction and pain, not feelings and knowing who you are and accepting it. And he swipes at her with a glove, but he misses. Gets so, stuck on the floor for a second. Yeah. <laughs> These damned hardwood floors. Oh, damn it. Whatever happened to carpet? I could turn that yeah. into Bisquick. <laughs> That's exactly. true. Whatever happened to oatmeal stairs? Honestly. So then, I love she backs up to the door to try to get out, and Freddy, like, Freddy throws a fit. He just, like, knocks over some plates. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck these plates. And, so she uh, grabs... Yeah, that, I was right. That's right. Time life, too. motherfucker. Uh-huh. So she grabs a knife and says... Tells him uh, Jesse to tells him to help Jesse, right? And and Freddie switches to Jesse's voice, which is great. Mm-hmm. He's fucking with her. He's like, "Kill me, Lisa." Yeah, come on, kill me. It's cool. I don't even want to live anymore. It's fine. Just go He's ahead. He's doing a Palpatine. Kill me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, and she's like kind of sort of half stabbing him. You know, not a lot of oomph in those because she no. doesn't want to kill Jesse. But she is stabbing the shoulder area a little yeah. bit. And uh, Al, though. Yeah. <laughs> Freddy's like, like, that won't work, but damn. Yeah. He's like, I mean, you're <laughs> kind of being a dick right now. Yeah, but first this of all, a... you're being an asshole. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to kill me, but it is a tender spot. And then you get Jesse's voice bubble up a little bit, and he's like, Candace, I love you. And Freddy's <laughs> like, yeah, I love you too, Candace. Yeah. And then Freddy just Is three all right with you? <laughs> And then Freddy just tosses her aside and uh, jumps out the glass door and vanishes. Yeah. And this is a great scene. Oh, yeah. Door opens. Everybody looks confused for a second. Like, what the hell just happened? I guess everything's fine now, maybe. I don't know. Everybody's just confused. Like, the teenagers in the pool and... A moment of quiet. Yeah. And uh... Just a moment, though. You guys ever uh, you ever seen Rey Mysterio's ring entrance back in like the early two thousands in the WWE? I clicked uh, no, off I around think that right era. Now I have a mental image of it. Oh, they I... totally took this. Cause uh, yeah. who's that jumping out the sky? <laughs> it's Freddy. Freddy I... Mysterio comes up out of the ground. 
I had uh, he rises up from the floor like Gangrel, but uh, he does it a little quicker. So he like trampolines up. He's like boing. He does, yeah, boing. And we have yeah, spring-loaded Freddy. We've had a lot of spring-loaded cats, but not a lot of spring-loaded Freddies. And, and he everyone just... just starts scattering. You know, well, he's... like you do, right? Yeah, yes. I would too. Because he just starts and... slashing at them. Yeah, he's just grabbing anyone nearby. He's gutting people. I mean, there's, there's a shot where like a chubby dude tries to run past Freddy, and he just holds yeah, his hand just... out. The dude runs into it. Yeah, somebody tries to grab the fence to get out. That's electrocuted. It burns his hands. Lights and then, the pool on fire. Oh yeah, the, the water's boiling. He's throwing people in the pool. Yeah, <laughs> he's just boiling people. Yeah, and, I think uh, also people are running, getting away, and they're just falling into the pool too. Yeah, yeah. and there's people trampling each other, trying to climb the walls. Yeah, that one. Oh god, the guy that gets just fucking. Oh, that's right. When the they're dirt. stepping on that fucking kid's face. Yeah. Yep. While they're all just scrambling, which is they're what they're all like. In a panic situation. He's gay. Like run away. Yeah. Oh no. my god, a gay guy. We were in the pool with them. Holy shit. Yeah. But that's the kind of like shit that people thought about back in the yep. day. Like, exactly. Oh, what if I'm in the pool this with a gay age, guy? Yeah. Am I get? Is that how I'm gonna get AIDS? It's a famous uh, Eddie Murphy bit about that. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Freddie's in the red suit. You know, and he's telling all those jokes. Yeah, it's a uh, it's Freddy Krueger delirious. Oh man, slightly but, uh, less problematic Freddy Krueger. Anyway, yeah, honestly, and uh, yo, I love this part though because we get yep. the great mediator. <laughs> oh, we get the guy who guy, the guy who right? took a psychology class. He's like, no, I got this. Yeah, yep. it's gonna be okay, man. Yeah. Like, look. why don't we just talk about it? You know, I, I want to help you. Yeah. And Freddie's just kind of talking to John McClane is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, look, just tell us what you want. I'm here to help, man. It's going to be cool. Just chill. Just he chill. just wants his machete. We're yep, not going to hurt you. And I'm like, yep. you're not going to hurt him. It's okay. We're going to help. And he goes, help yourself, fucker. Yeah, it just tosses him aside. To be fair, though, that guy probably lived. <laughs> that guy's okay. He just he did he went ass over tea kettle over like a couple lawn chairs. He's all right. Yeah. But you know what? He smartly laid still until the incident died down. Yeah. He is now a motivational speaker. <laughs> he survived uh, a Freddy Krueger attack and goes around telling people to believe in themselves. Tim, was that a Saw movie reference? I don't know. Was it? Sounds perverse. Because <laughs> there's um, a Saw movie where a guy pretends that he was one of Jigsaw's victims and now he's a motivational speaker. Anyhow, <laughs> I know too much about I, the Saw series. I think series. I stopped at the, like four. Okay, then you're yeah, you wouldn't have found this one. You're good. Yep. Oh yeah, yep. I should have stopped at the two. You should have stopped after two. A hundred percent. One but, is good. Uh, two tells you what the rest of the series is. You're done. But this is where we get one of the most famous lines in the whole series. Oh yeah. That people still quote to this day because mm-hmm. like you see, there's shit burning behind him, and all these scared teens are all huddled against a wall, unable to leave, and he <sighs> just extends his arms. Like he's asking for a big hug. And what does he say? He tells them, You are all my children now. Ah, wonderful. Oh. It is a great scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, in response to that, Candace's <laughs> dad comes running in with the Uncle Fester blunderbuss. Yeah, he does. He doesn't give a shit about line of sight when he's shooting, right? No. no. Spray oh and pray, God. baby. I think it's... Candace's dad with the shotgun, mm-hmm. Freddie, and then on the exact opposite side, in between, mm-hmm. 
is the kids. So conservatively, Freddy's in between the shotgun and the kids, and that I, guy just comes out. And I'm pretty sure Candace's dad just dusted ends. that mediator kid. Yeah, oh yeah, the mediator kid's fucking toast if he stood up. Conservatively, like we, just, it's, we just chummed the pool with that. Shit. Yeah, it's a hundred children. The table that he just killed. So no, he fires one up and looks down at the shotgun like, oh, that didn't work. And I love that Freddie pulls a face like he's offended and just walks yeah. off. He's like, yeah. Like, what? Uh, never Excuse mind. Excuse you. Turns around and just walks through Maybe the Maybe the thing hedge. is that Freddie can never be seen by adults. Mm, no, I think the adults saw him. I think that was the whole aiming the shotgun yeah, well. thing. So. <laughs> no, I like the idea that Dad didn't know Freddie was there. <laughs> yeah. It's just they were so noisy downstairs. <laughs> he came running out. He takes that shotgun. fucking Benny Goodman off. This is what's gonna happen. He's like, yeah. "When I tell you, fucking kids, it's twelve thirty-one. I'm shooting." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now you I got... see all these empty cause cans all over the place. And it, yeah, again, the, the Freddie walking through the hedge, and then the hedge being on so, fire. So calmly, like Looney Tunesing through Chill. the hedge. Just like I'm gonna, I got places to go and things to do. Yeah. And Lisa stops, stops the dad. Like, quit shooting the shotgun. It's <laughs> Please my don't crazy. shoot my friends anymore. Yeah. Dad. Candace is like, Dad, you've only got one shoe on. You're wearing a bean can for a hat. Knock it off. <laughs> you got your balls out right now. Can you kind yeah. of tie it together for a second? Somehow, just the balls out too. That I don't know, but yeah, how do it's you do hot. that? I think we've already <laughs> it's, established it's, it's a hot. Springwood suburb. Yep. Springwood summer. As long so, as you hide the wood, you can let the boys out. Yeah, here come the yeah. boys. So it's, it's the male equivalent of showing some cleavage. That's true. Yeah. So Lisa's like, oh, all right. Wait, so is it is that thing like side ball or under ball? Yeah, you, <laughs> you pull. The, that's why they like the little shorts. You get you know, the thigh meets and just a little bit of the spheres. That's why that oh, shot's so uh, popular in porno, Tim. The under ball shot. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, the gunslinger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You gotta go under it. I call, I call this a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, a rose by any other name, right? Uh, so Candace has a great idea. She's like, I know where he's going. He's going to the fucking power plant. So, so she goes, floors it in the dirty dinosaur. Yeah, steals the dirty dinosaur because, you know, Because no you don't keys. need a key for it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's the it. deadly dinosaur. No, it's the dirty dinosaur. It's now it's the when Candace gets into it, it's the dirty dinosaur. Let's just, be real. It doesn't matter if you just clean that shit. Yep. So she makes her way over Can to the plant. Can somebody look up an Urban Dictionary? What's a dirty dinosaur? No. How do you do that? Uh, I think yeah. you're gonna need a little bit of that party ice. You want to pull that one off? You got to get real loose. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not comfortable talking about that, Tim. So I love this. Now she drives to the power plant. And for whatever reason, she's greeted at the front. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Are they, are they puppies? You have. They're, they're dogs with baby faces. Yeah. Which you think would sound, which sounds cute, right? It sounds no. cute when you think about it. No. It sounds horrible. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass. Uh, and it is not, you know, these dogs don't want to wear masks, man. No. What are you doing? So it's a bunch of uncomfortable dogs with, like, stationary baby faces. Just trying to rip their faces off. And this is one of those moments of, like, what the fuck is this? Guys, yeah. like, not every idea needs to actually be in the movie. Yeah, and we just kind of ADR some mean Do you dog think sound. that they were going for toys? No. I don't, I don't no. think off of this series yet. 
They were definitely, they definitely would have later, but like, I think they were just like, wouldn't that be fucked up? What if like a dog had a baby's face? Yeah, because it's not the first thing that we're going to see that's like this. The next like what ten minutes of the fucking yeah. movie is all full of these things. Yeah, the full ending of nonsense. Of this. Just but, which complete nonsense. Supports my whole thing of like this entire movie is just one uh, stream of consciousness nightmare that Jesse's having. Exactly. And it's just well, throwing it some shit in there for no reason. Dream, because. Mm-hmm. In the first part of the movie, he can only do shit when people are asleep. Right. And it yeah. has to be somebody who is, like, involved in everything. Yeah. But even, if you think back in part one, even Nancy pulling him out of her dream and fighting him. But then the uh, the epilogue of part one shows you that, no, we're not awake. We haven't yeah. been. Because she steps outside at night and it's morning. Yeah. Uh and so, so far, uh, over the span of two movies, I don't think we've been awake. <laughs> I yeah. think this has all just been people asleep. And Maybe I think, a little bit in part one, some people were awake. But. And I think this entire fucking power plant scene supports it. So she walks by the man-faced dogs. Uh, Mangy Mutt from Yokai Watch, eat your heart out. One person got that. So she makes her way through the steamy pipe factory. <laughs> And we're like night rangers shooting a music video yep yep night ranger just got out of their tesla scheduled for tomorrow <laughs> i think bonnie tyler was there a couple of weeks ago yeah yeah and uh she burns <laughs> her hand. happy birthday christmas yeah <laughs> <laughs> she burns her hand on a pipe which of course that's that old gag from uh, nightmare you gotta call that one back and we hear the so scratching. she should wake up if it's if it's her dream that's what mm-hmm. woke Nancy up, right? That's true. But it doesn't because she's not the one having the dream. Right. Yes, right. She's, she's just, just a, a bit She's player. not even real. She's a character in Jesse's Wait, dream. Wait, so this is a little bit like Doctor Sleep with Whose Mind Are We In, right? Yeah. You know, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, man. Oh, you should I check will. it out. I will. I, I definitely will at some point. I just have The director's cut. Yeah. The director's but, uh, cut, definitely. Much better. But yeah, and with the, uh, with the prologue of this film, this is just like Jesse processing all of his... Uh, all of his fears and his insecurities about going into a new school year in a new town and, mm-hmm. you know, being worried how he's going to be accepted. Yeah. So, like, I don't think he's met any of these people. I think he made up grade 80, made up Candace. Yeah, all of these people are just uh, uh, representative more... of yeah. uh, potential. Yeah, maybe I'm going to meet a boy. What if I meet a boy that I think is cute? And what if I have a girlfriend? Yeah, Yeah, because he's the new kid in school, and no matter what, unless you're fucking, like, super Joe Cool, you're not just going to integrate into a new fucking school where uh, the head jock takes you under his wing, and the rich hot girl, who everybody's after, all of a sudden wants to hang out with you and be your friend, even though you got a shit fucking car. Like, fucking day two of school, and you're getting rides from the rich popular girl? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, the uh, the gym teacher that maybe you got a little weird feeling about, he's uh, you meet him at the Leather Daddy bar at the other side of town, and he takes you back for uh, shower time. Yeah. yeah, this is all just like one night of sleep that Jesse's having, and he's just all that shit's firing through his head because he starts mm-hmm. school tomorrow, and it's super hot. Oh, you might even call really it sweaty, a fever dream. <laughs> so, dude, dude, shoes are gonna be squishing. <laughs> so yeah, she. Uh, Makes her way through the fucking factory. We hear Freddy do the claw scratching on the pipes because you have to. Yeah. And then all of a sudden her weird ankle bite hurts. She checks it and there's fucking ants all over it just swarming out of the wound. Another good scene. Yeah. She swipes them off like, uh, fuck that. Gross. 
then looks back down and now nah, they're fine. Yeah. Time to go up the stairs. And when she gets up the stairs, she runs into Pizza Rat. And... <laughs> no, Rizzo from the Muppets is here. Because <laughs> this crazy claymation rat runs right at her. It's insane, turns... this puppet. This looks oh like, a, like a, a Peter Jackson puppet from 92. Yeah. yeah. Oh, We're my meeting God. the feebles down here in the boiler room. It's terrifying. And then they're like, ah, that's, that sucks, but we'll just make it a normal rat. And then a fucking cat jumps on it. Decent spring-loaded cat. <laughs> then the cat turns into a fucking monster and it eats the rat. Like, what the hell are we doing, guys? Yeah. Cool. All because right. Because this doesn't fit the rest of the movie. Well, maybe it's uh, uh, Freddy and her playing cat and mouse. Ah. <laughs> cat and mouse and baby dog. Mm. <laughs> baby dog doesn't add into anything. Throw baby dog away. <laughs> baby dog. I think we hallucinated baby dog. Oh, maybe that's baby ghost's pet, baby dog. <gasps> Oh, is it, we're gonna. We're, sense, right, we're right? doing. We're doing the omen, but Damien is baby ghost. And he's got yep. baby dog with him, and Joe Estevez is the one who goes. It's all for you, Damien. Yeah. Oh, I wish. You know what? Maybe it's just you know how some shit in your dream doesn't make any sense, and it's just thrown in there like ancillary, like absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I was talking to my grandma, then all of a sudden her ear fell off, and it turned into a, uh, a spring heel jack. Who, uh, and that's kind of how I feel what we're doing in a lot of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So Freddy takes a swipe at her. And uh, ultimately it culminates in her and Freddy facing off. She knows Jesse's in there somewhere. And she's like, no, Jesse, just you need to stop him because I love you. The yeah. power. I love, love you. Uh, it all you know, what, you know all you needed, Jesse, was the love of a good woman. Oh, Am I right, everybody? You just haven't met the right girl yet. To set you straight. That's, as much as I'm not a big fan of Henry Rollins most of the time, he did have a talk where he's like, imagine if that was reversed. Imagine if you were straight and somebody was like, you know what? I could gay you up. Yeah. You just haven't been with the right man How yet. fucking ridiculous that sounds. That's insane. Well, it sounds that ridiculous tell, to the other uh, Yes. My slightly homophobic friends is, just imagine if the shoe was on the other foot and if everybody was gay except for you and your wife who were straight. And then yeah. you had to live in that world. How would you how, feel? How many uh, scripts do you think have passed on desks that were doing that white man's burden thing with uh, straight oh, and gay people? Oh, man. And everyone's yeah. like, HBO we're not, had we're not doing that. pass up like eight of them, right? Yeah, I think every year somebody thinks they've invented that idea, and you're like, this is going to be the one, man. They and has no idea it. that like someone literally does that every single year and thinks yeah. that they're the first one to have that idea. <laughs> I'm like, what if it's a world where everybody's gay, but you wake up and you're the straight guy? <laughs> like, yeah. that'll show people what it feels like, right? Yep. So, yeah, she just says you haven't loved a real woman the right way Candace does because yeah. she just has to insist that she's clearly good enough for him. And, yeah, Candace tells Freddie, I love you, and Freddie can't even get his blades up. No, he can't. He's suddenly just like, he has not got it at him. Oh, mm -hmm. shit. Okay. And uh, Freddie says, you know, he'll die with me. He'll die with both of us. Yeah. And oh, so God. what does she do? Well, she forces herself on him. She forces a kiss on him. Yeah, poor Freddy, by the way. Having Candace force a kiss on you against your will, that's... Oh, then Candace goes, I'm your girlfriend now. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, Freddy runs to the bars on the window. Help, he, John Saxon, help me. He does. That was look, a missed opportunity, right? They should have done that. He does look as though he's been sexually assaulted, though, poor Freddy, because he uh, falls to the ground, and oh my God, he's like on the ground begging, like, "Oh, get! I'm not. Please a, don't kiss get me. Get away! Candace. Stop it, Candace! Get away from me!" Yes, yeah, this is someone's let's... first episode of Bloody Bits, and they do not know that Candace is a friend of ours. <laughs> No. So here's the funny thing about that. We, whenever Candace and I are not together on a podcast, we shit on each other yeah. constantly. Like whenever Poochie is not on screen, Candace yeah. has to ask where Poochie is. Yeah. And then when we're on something, it's never referenced. We're no, just you guys like, just get along. Yeah. How's when, it going? when you're not around, you play the dozens <laughs> about each other. Of course. You yeah, see, That's Bobby, when you were off in the the, uh, the, uh, the grind bin for a while, they had a little, like a little bit of wrestling beef going on. When Eddie went oh, on, yeah. he said some shit talk about. I cut her. a promo on her. Then Mike she... had Candace come back the next week, and she like she had a written script that she yeah. fucking went off. She of. tried her best. No, I, I mean, I heard that promo. That was something. She it was, was like, prepared good. a statement. Yeah, but, yeah, it was good. I, she needs to work on her delivery. The bloody shits. Yeah, oh, she needs man. to work on her delivery a little bit, though, I would say, and make it sound more natural, you know? But, but uh, she's getting there. She's getting good. But that's neither here nor there, and I don't One want this to be the longest episode of, us, of Bloody so. Bits ever. No worries. Go on. Um, and so, yeah, Freddie hits the floor about all this as she's insisting that she loves him. Uh, and uh, the boiler room is setting on fire again. Freddie's looking around like, well, this figures. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he does have a it's a living look that he gives yeah. the screen uh, right before we cut to like a Freddy mannequin that they're melting with hair dryers. Yeah, and it's which is just... how they did that effect where Freddy melts. They had a wax Freddy, and they just right out of right out of frame. They had a bunch of hair dryers to melt it. Makes sense. It kind of works the same way that the melting record and candles and stuff did in that previous scene. Yep. And the the fire dies down after Freddy burns, and Jesse's laying there. Yeah. Yeah, this peels. is like uh, when the Beast turns into Prince Adam at the end of Beauty of the well, Beast. You're like, shit, bring the Beast back. Because he's mm-hmm. literally coming out of Freddy, yeah. right? He's the yep. real deal now. Like a phoenix, he rises from his ashes, peels away the burnt husks, and uh, yeah, Lisa ugly, or sorry, Candace ugly cries and stumbles toward him. And it's like, he's okay, folks. He gives yep. the thumbs up to the crowd. Um and it turned, yeah, like I said, like, you don't turned. have to kiss me anymore. It's okay, I'm back. And that's the point yeah. it seems to be making. And this pissed off a lot of people when it came out, uh, you know, uh, LGBT groups and whatnot. Yeah. And to this day, a lot of LGBT groups uh, disavow this movie. Like, don't look at this as a positive movie for, you know, for queer horror because it ends on the notion that if you meet the right girl, you won't be gay. Uh, well, and it does really end there. <laughs> they don't end there. And that's always been my argument yeah. with people who say that is like, well, watch the epilogue because that's the final point they're making. Yeah, yeah. What, which they're is... just sitting next to each other. Yeah, well, they sure. uh, somehow Jesse's not serving multiple life sentences for killing all of those people with it's no... It's almost like none of that happened. Yeah, although his it's hand exactly is bandaged like none of that up. that happened because somebody says, great party last night. Yeah, Carrie, thanks, Lisa, for the party. That was a good party. <laughs> yeah, which says something about Carrie as a person. Or maybe... Like, <laughs> she was like, that yeah, happened. that all did happen and Carrie's into it. Yeah, or maybe this is all like some weird fantasy that's going on, and the party didn't happen the way that we maybe saw it. I don't know. Because we're on the school bus. We're heading to school now. Yeah. And uh, Back to the beginning of the movie, yes. Yeah, and everything's fine. He's hanging out with Lisa, and Carrie's sitting behind them. And, uh, you know, Jesse still feels a little awkward. Yep. Now, wait a second. Do we see his friend? 
Uh, Grady's not on the bus, no. No, we don't, because okay. he's dead. But Grady never took the bus. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he he always ran into Grady when he got to school. Yeah. And there is another line, though, where Jesse wants to talk to Lisa about it. And he's like, God, I can't believe this is all over. And Lisa's like, don't, let's, don't talk about it, okay? Yeah. We never yeah. bring up when you were questioning your sexuality. We don't bring that up. We just go that's forward. You're going to get married and have kids, and that's going to solve yeah. everything. You're mm-hmm, straight, mm-hmm. and it's fine. And Carrie's like, yeah, it's all over. And then Freddie's glove flies out through her stomach. Yep. And the bus goes too fast. We hit a speed bump. Glove pops just, out back into yep. the desert. And we're just tearing off into the desert for the F-I-N. Mm-hmm. Nightmare 2. And so that's kind of you know the point that they make there, too, is like, yeah, you can deny it all you want, but you are what you are. Mm-hmm. And, it uh, will come back to haunt that, you. Until you accept that, it's going to haunt you until you accept what you actually are. It's going to be a rough ride through uh, no man's land unless you accept who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of a sort of a tough love positive message at the end of this. Yeah, I mean, a lot like, of the yeah, times... Yeah, it's going to suck and it's going to be hard, but you, this is what you are, so accept it. Yep. A lot of the times that's how horror worked, though, is it was, you know, uh, that was the old grim fairy tale thing. Without the teeth, the message is lost, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I, you know, uh, there we have Nightmare 2. How, how, how'd it go for you guys? I love the movie. I mean, I've always... Even back when I didn't understand it, I loved it. Tim? Uh, 100% enjoyed it, and uh, I'm sorry this is the second time that I've seen it since it's been out. Oh, no need to say sorry for that. I found that really interesting to get that perspective of yeah, someone who watched absolutely. it once in the 80s. Um, oh, yeah, uh, in the 80s, I, I gar- all that, all, everything went completely over my head in the 80s. Yeah. I, I was probably well, just sure. like, there should be more Freddy in this movie. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Who's this kid? I don't want to deal with this guy. Yeah. Um, do you feel it deserves the uh, the reputation that it gets? I as the think... worst Friday... Uh, fr- no. I, I just, as the worst Freddy the 13th Freddy? movie? Freddy the 13th. <laughs> I mean, depending upon what you're asking about the reputa- rep- rep- ah, reputation. So if you're saying the worst Nightmare on Elm Street movie, n- no chance. Like, there are so many worse Nightmare I on mean, Elm Street movies. I'd argue, you know, that... It might be one of four, the best five, ones. Four, five, and six are... Is- yeah. Go ahead, four, go ahead. Yeah, one and two four, are a great one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Four, five, and six, I'm, I'm with you. They're not great. Um, I mean, Freddy's Dead might be the worst one. Oh, far and away. Everything yeah. about that is so phoned in. Yeah. Like, and his makeup looks like a rubber mask, and, like, no one's really trying. If we're talking about the reputation, like you were mentioning with uh, the LGBT community, maybe disavowing it because the whole, like, true love of a good woman can fix the gay. I I disagree with that being the message of this movie. I think I I think your read is definitely right on with it. Like it because it's not a happy ending, you know, and that like because people will tell you to do that and it will not work. mm -hmm. So no matter Mm -hmm. what kind of conversion therapy or what kind of steps you take to to get the gay out of you, if if Mm -hmm. you are that you are that. Absolutely. Uh, You you shouldn't fight your nature. Um, unless it's it kind of it's really sad to think that the writer uh pretended that he wasn't writing this story for decades yeah of being like no because when the director said like i don't know anything about that he's like yeah me neither man i think it was just uh mark it was a mark Patton's performance that made it seem so gay yeah it sucks it sucks to have when this movie came out this isn't something that was in your face right so they have to do it subtle, 
And I don't think I don't think he's portrayed anybody in the movie is portrayed in a bad light with everything that's going on. Maybe the dad, but he sucks. Uh, yeah, all right, <laughs> the dad and her dad. Coach Schneider's like kind of weird. But, yeah, I, but we're talking about the main character who's supposed to yeah, be gay in yeah. the movie. There's nothing like anybody's like looking at him like he's crazy or anything like that. Even though he's obviously crazy at some point, they think, and still his friends are with him and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But you also, like I said, if this movie was made now and you want to give it that kind of criticism that it ended with a good love of a woman is going to fix everything, now I would say, yeah, you can give that movie shit. But in 1988, I think they would be like pretty fucking ahead of their times. And it took how many years before like really everybody started figuring out what the movie was really about? I mean, decades. It wasn't until like in the 2000s people were like, oh no, they're they're trying to talk about this. Yeah. And, uh, I'm hoping it gets the, uh, like a lot of movies do over time, I'm hoping that people come around on it and, because uh, it's, like like we were saying, I, I'd argue it's one of the best Freddy movies mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that is was misunderstood and therefore dismissed as a bad movie. Yeah. Well, Except for that stuff three, with the right? Muppets in the Same boiler thing. room. Yeah, the Muppets in the boiler room, but that adds to the uh, the the fantasy logic of it, I suppose, and maybe it uh, you know earmarks that this whole thing has been a dream. Yeah, I, but yeah, like you were saying, Tim, like like Halloween three, people are finally coming around, going like, this one's fun, <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is this is all right. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, Bobby, sir. What I mean, we've talked about this thing to death. Is, is there anything else on the internet you want people to pay attention to by any chance? Uh, anything else on the internet for people to pay attention to? Well, if uh, I can't imagine you don't already know about it by now, but I've got my own podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I am a I am one of the hosts of the Grind Bin podcast, where we yuck it up to a Grindhouse movie every week. That's how uh, this whole community got formed. Yeah, yeah. Tim, but, uh, I think I'm probably gonna have a couple of mini bins coming up on the Grind Bin. Oh, surely, man! I miss being on those. I've been away yeah. from that for way too long. Mini bins oh, yeah. are a the, lot. Those are always fun. the best ones because it's just batshit crazy shit. Wait until yeah. you see the one we do about the uh, the Irish uh, grandma giving everybody <laughs> sick advice about how. Uh, oh God, I'm girls, sure that's great. Don't be afraid. It's not true that when a man's erect penis is in you that he can pass water. Whoa, pass yep. water. Wow. Is this water. People are asking if you can get peed into. Yes. Well, see, here's the thing. Here's a generational thing because when I went to Catholic school. Like I was telling Mike and everybody, I guarantee you the people who were watching this had no clue about their bodies because some 65-year-old Irish Catholic lady was talking to them about their bodies. So I could completely imagine that there's a bunch of young girls running around thinking that when the man puts his thing inside you, he pees and then you get pregnant because they're not going to know the word fucking ejaculate until they watch this video. (laughs) Sounds like a lot of fun, Tim. I would say, if you aren't already, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash bloody bits, where we have uh, once every about other week bonus episodes coming out, the Candace Files. We've done some episodes of things like Tales from the Crypt, the you know uh, Outer the Limits. Files. Yeah, the Lisa File. I should. I should just start calling Candace Lisa and Lisa Candace. That'd be funny. <laughs> Uh, and if you already are a Patreon here, uh, thank you so much. And if you have an extra nickel to, to spare, go to the Rainbow Railroad and give them a donation. They're doing a lot of really great work for people who are in a bad situation and maybe need your help. 
Absolutely. If you can't, and I didn't know you were doing that, and that's awesome. Of course, of course. And uh, if you uh, can't afford to help, then just spread the word. You know, go out, give us a five star review, tell a friend about our podcast, or just you know retweet the uh, tweet I'm going to have with the donation link. So, fellas, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. A little bit of pain talking about this, but, you know, they're all interlinked. <laughs> Join us next week for the uh, next episode where we're going to have Brody talking about nurses. So that's going to be fun. All right. But oh, until wow. then, this is how we end it.